Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Flintlocks and Fireballs, where a handful of mad actors will attempt to survive the turbulent waters of Dungeons and Dragons. I am your host and dungeon master, Jason Phelps, and I am joined as ever by Robbie Bandersnatch Bellicom, Sam Hackenslash Burns, and Ellie Hacky Sack Sparrow. Mine's still shit. We're at episode 10. Well, we are at episode 10! Like 10! <laughs> Happy 10th episode, guys! Double figures! Yes. More than one number! Yes! Yay! This is, this is uh, significant, and a significant episode to us for many reasons. Uh, first of all, this is the first episode we have recorded since the show went live. So this is the first episode where we actually know for sure that people are listening. Because uh, episode one's been out for six days and we've had an awful lot of downloads. So many more than we were expecting. And we've yeah. also had fan art. We've had our first fan art. Yeah. I we think, love you all. Yeah. So very, very Especially nice. Eddie Widows. Like, seriously, shout mm-hmm. out to this guy. Check out his yeah. DeviantArt Art page yeah. because he was our first ever fan artist and... I think we all cried separately, yeah. actually. I think yeah. we all welled up at some point. Yep. Yeah. Um, and his pictures are lovely, so you should all go and look at them. Um, I'm sure we've put links all over yeah. our Twitter. We did this week when it happened anyway, so maybe yeah. we'll all put some out again uh, at some point. You also now know that we record these nine episodes in advance. Yeah. <laughs> so we could actually... For now, we're probably going to miss a week or two here yeah. and there. Probably. Yeah. Slowly catch up. That, That's uh, why. That, yeah, that buffer will slowly degrade over time. Mm. So we but... could be a really big deal by now. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think uh, there's only one group of people we can ask as to whether or not we're a really big deal. So, take it away, future us. Hello, it's future Jason with messages from the present. This week on Robbie Watch, Robbie is in South Sea from Wednesday. So if you're in South Sea, you can catch her there in Awful Auntie. Also, this week we have more maps than usual. You can find a link to both the uh, Dragon Coast globetrotting map and a map of the city of Crosswater in the episode post for this episode on flintlocksandfireballs.com. We'll also be sharing them on uh, social media when this goes up. And you can also find a simplified battle map uh, for combat later in this episode. Well, that's it for me. Back to you, Past Jason. Okay, as it turns out, our anticipations may have been a little over-optimistic. Yeah, future us is sounding pretty bad. Yeah. Well... I'm glad that we were able to find that replacement liver. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that went pretty That dark. could end up super dark if things actually go bad. I mean, I don't know oh, what you were no. talking about. I was talking about the barbecue, but... Uh, I say that two of our, two of our, uh, of our cast are vegetarians, so this, would have been, this, this makes no difference to the perceived barbecue anyway. But... <laughs> okay, right. Unless we have anything else uh, you guys want to mention? I right. don't think so. Okay, yeah. then. In which case, <coughs> it's time for Flintlocks and Fireballs. Our land stands on the saber's edge. Our cities are a powder keg. Brother chains, brother, no one's free. A life on land is short, you'll see. So, so gather 
muskets carry our spears We'll plunder the shores of Calcineer No kraken storm or spell we fear So come and sail with us, my dear Previously on Flintlocks and Fireballs Our party, return, having returned from Slavitska's Isle, spent a certain amount of time gathering things back together in Balwick's Bay before departing that place once and for all. After finding out a little bit more about a certain someone that Celestia has been searching for, and discovering Scamp's complete inability to get drunk for the foreseeable future, <laughs> our band of merry privateers finally engaged in some actual privateering. <laughs> Sailing after the merchant uh, frigate the Fawn, that while their initial chase was successful and they were caught up in an exchange of broadsides from which, due to ill luck and poor weather, the Charlie's regret suffered perhaps a little more than one might expect. It was when the uh, two ships closed in for boarding that a few unexpected elements appeared. The presence of a contingent of trained orcish soldiers, the uh, unexpected martial capacity of their passenger, and the presence of an entirely unexpected ship's mage, which, uh, as Corzin would know, would not normally be travelling on board a merchant ship. However, despite heavy losses, the crew of the Regret were successful. They managed to capture the form, uh, putting the uh, remaining members of the Fawn's crew into the longboats and uh, packing them off with three days' rations of food and water and best wishes, while capturing the orcs and their uh, apparent mistress, one Lady Greta von Schmidt, in the expectation of a 3,000 gold crown ransom. Scamp was able to perform vital repairs to the uh, mast and other elements of the fawn, allowing it to be sailed with a very, very skeleton crew back towards Crosswater. But before that happens, there is one more matter that needs to be addressed. It is still the 23rd of Falling Leaves. It's been about an it's been about two hours since the fight. And the three of you and the rest of the crew of the Fawn find yourselves at a grim but necessary task. The bodies of the crews that fought, both those of the Regret and of the Fawn, have been dragged up onto the decks. Rolls long rolls of canvas have been brought out to eventually shroud their forms. But in the world of Calcinia, especially after a battle, 
you cannot leave bodies unburied. With the absence of a ship's priest, <clears throat> there is no one able to do the necessary rites to successfully guarantee that the dead will not rise again without properly preparing the bodies. The regret's supply of hand axes are issued out to those of you on the deck, and the grim work of decapitating the corpses has begun. Cause it. That bastard's ne neck sinew finally comes off. You've been hacking at this for three minutes straight. You sure this guy wasn't a furbolg? <laughs> so would I be um, gathering the uh, the heads in one pile, the bodies in another? No, the, an effort is being made to keep the heads and bodies together. You know from experience that it's generally considered once you've separated the head from the body, they're not likely to come back. It's the reason why you made sure to decapitate uh, Seaman uh, uh, Stringer Smith after um, you killed yeah. them. Um, an out-of-character question. Yes. How many were decapitating each? Oh, uh, because... Can I not be there? <laughs> uh, yeah. The... the as, frankly, the ship's boys as a whole, you included Scamp, are given a pass from this uh, if needed. But with the number of still active members of the crew, only about only about 12 of the crew are still up, of the fighting crew are still up and fighting, as it were, you know, still up and active. And the, and the ordinary sailors aren't given this duty. It's uh, part of the double pay you get. Yeah, the expectation of dealing with this. And, well, the Fawn lost about 30 crew members, and the Regret, about 50. So it's balancing out around seven to eight heads each. Okay, um, I'm going to literally just turn to Scamp before it's having to be like, go below right now, you don't need to see this, just... Get, get downstairs immediately. Go. Do you want friend to help? Um, I think friend should maybe sit with you and distract you. Friend uh, points out, ah, uh, bad news. Uh, in my, in the kind of form I can manifest, I can, I'm pretty limited in what I can do. I mean, I could lift an axe and drop it, but I can't really cut with enough force that to sever. That sounds pretty awful. Um, yeah. Could you just distract them instead? You can't hear. You can't oh, hear. Oh yeah, shit! No, yeah, I, only, I uh, only, erase uh, that. I'm so only sorry. Scout can hear, friend. Okay. Let's go do some colouring. <laughs> yeah, right. Scribble some things. Cover your ears. Um, <clears throat> enjoy. My ears are really big. Fold your ears. <laughs> oh. Fold them over. Have a nice time. Okay. It takes around about another hour. I'm going to roll a con save to see if Celestia yeah. throws up. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
It's a 15, but... You, to be honest, yeah, you throw up. You only throw up at the very end. I only once throw you, up once. <laughs> you only throw up when you've finished. Right. You kind of keep it all down until you've done the last of your eight heads. And then I fall on <laughs> over the side of the ship. Yeah. And just, like, stay hanging over there, breathing in the fresh air for a few minutes. Because yeah. I've just chopped off seven heads. Yeah. After Corson has done the first one, he... Um, puts the hand axe to one side and uh, sends someone back to the um, to the Charlie's to uh, regret to get his bone saw. Yeah. <laughs> your um, your assistant, a young uh, half-lip woman, uh, returns with your full surgeon's bag. And, yeah, you get to work quickly. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that is a Trust horribly me, good it's noise. it's easier this way. Mm. And oh really? I mean, are... the axe is at least sort of clean cuts. I mean, I just saw you know splitting stuff when you did that. <laughs> it's less labour intensive, trust me. Right? Okay. Mm. Uh, and indeed, you finish your task in about uh, half the time that everyone else does, which is good because you almost immediately have to head back to the regret to uh, perform uh, to engage in triage yeah who's captaining the fawn taking uh, it back to the it appears that uh, first mate view will be uh, will be uh, heading the skeleton crew on the uh, fawn makes sense yeah after <coughs> an hour of this particularly grim work, the uh, V who's been overseeing this calls out, All right, wrap them up. Everyone take half an hour, get the, uh, get the rum ration, and then we'll hold the funeral. Mm. Uh, which gives you time as well, uh, causing to finish all of the immediate work you need to do. Yeah, I wait I until... Say, how many people are hurt? Quite a few. Can you roll a medicine check for me, please? Yep. Ooh, this better not be bad. Oh, God. I'm not killing any of my own men today. Although possibly I am. Oh <laughs> shit, you didn't roll a one, did you? The no, that's a nine. <laughs> oh, not good. You save those you can. Do you have any healing magic left? Uh, yes. I think I only cast Hunter's Mark in that uh, thing, so I have two lots of cure wounds left. Okay, you can, you can expend those to save two more people. Done. Yeah. Uh, Easy. Yeah, you know that you have to be to ration potions, but healing magic you can you can be a bit. Could I also off. use my healer's kit? Uh, I am assuming you are essentially yep. like this. You have okay. you have your full surgeon's kit on board. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Probably <clears throat> you some people save, have lost limbs, but you save a little over half of the men that you the men and women under your care. I'm going to say there were about, let's see, of the 50 that got killed or wounded, say 30 of them were incapacitated rather than killed outright. You save 15 people. A uh, few of them are going to need, more than one of them is going to need uh, the attention of the ship's carpenter. Uh, for replacement uh, limbs, unfortunately. 
you know you do what you you do save two people from need uh, from needing uh watcher wheels as peg legs with your healing uh, with your <coughs> healing magic but others no they were uh, caught in cannonball fire <coughs> still though you save 15 lives and the regret is has just a few extra crew still alive. Crew who will live to uh, receive their pay as well, which they will be particular, uh, which is some small recompense. Pence. <clears throat> so. I wait until <coughs> the last body is wrapped up before I pull Scamp back up. Yeah. Once the bodies are wrapped up, uh, everyone get is back up on deck with Captain Brandy. Uh, standing in front of the rest. Well, I'm not a priest, but everyone here, be they friend or foe, fought their hardest. They died doing what they were best at. Some of them didn't storm the deck, some of them were just sailors, like us. Some of them were us. But they all died like heroes. And I pray to the Regent and all the Saints that they find rest and their just re reward in the Vale Beyond. And he uh, touches his chest his lips and his forehead uh, in the sort of classical sign of blessing for the regent. All right, lads and lasses, let's put him over the edge. Um, while this is happening, Celestia is going to start up, um, start up a funeral song. So she's going to go, Oh, the work was hard and the wage is low. Leave her, Johnny, leave her. I guess it's time for us to go, and it's time for us to leave her. Leave her, Johnny, leave her. Oh, leave her, Johnny, leave her. Oh, the voyage is done and the wind don't blow and it's time for us to leave her. You uh, sing your song. Many of the crew join in to the old shanty as the crew begin the work of taking the rat bodies and uh, passing them up towards the gangplank by one, one by one. They are deposited into the ocean. There's a quiet moment while uh, Bosun Solder uh, moves around with a keg of rum, pouring out uh, cups for everyone. And finally, it's just a moment where sailors individually and eventually as a whole raise their cups to the departed souls and drink. I spend the evening singing funeral songs for the sailors. Before that happens, 
there is a little bit more. <coughs> right, you all have your tasks to be getting back to. Officers meeting in my deck. Uh, sorry, officers meeting in my cabin. And uh, he looks over to the uh, three of you. Scamp, Celestia, you come too. Oh, okay. You're led, uh, you're, you all head into the captain's cabin. Uh, I think at one stage or another you've all been in there. It's a, it's a rather impressive stateroom. Uh, currently there is a hole in the wall uh, <laughs> where a cannonball uh, came through and then destroyed part of the rear-facing window, uh, which uh, Brandy sort of shakes his head at, but sits down at the comfortable chair you know, uh, screwed into the floor behind the desk we all take positions in a sort of half circle around his desk so and uh, he looks over to I believe it's Solder I think I've said yes uh, over to uh, Bosun Solder what's the uh, What's the current situation with the cargo? Solder, uh, human woman, tan skin, tight brown, brown hair. Well, I've had a look and uh, it's not terrible news. The phone had just shy of 500 tons of cotton cloth. I'd say probably from the colonies. As most likely they've been making the trip back from Sunda, uh, gone through the gone the uh, through the South Cape, past Cairnon, they've been selling it off to suppliers on the way north. Uh, and uh, and at this point, Vig uh, interrupts. I can uh, confirm this. I had a word with uh, Arnold, the orc, uh, in charge of uh, those. Uh, soldiers we captured. It seems that uh, they had met up with the phone while they were making uh, se- uh, stuck in the middle of uh, discussions of sale with a cloth uh, manufacturer, with a, you know, a, an arrangement of tailors in Bolwick's Bay and uh, had persuaded them uh, with some money to stay a little bit longer while Lady uh, Greta finished her work. Uh, Apparently, that's the reason they were staying so long in port. Right, says Solda. In any case, I reckon once we get to Crosswater, I know a few people, and particularly with that letter of mark, meaning you can sell to legitimate merchants, we should be... I should not be surprised if we can make... I want to say maybe... 40% 40% of the market rate. Uh, so we're looking at maybe 120 gold crowns per tonne. Now, uh, don't get any she turns to you and scam. Don't get too excited by those numbers. You might not be aware of uh, how the split works on the privateer. Half of the money from everything we sell goes to the crown of Seoul. Uh, if for in for and by return we are not executed as pirates. Mm. 
and we can sell to legal uh, wholesalers like I'm planning to do. Another quarter of it will go to me so that I can uh, pay for things like replenishing stores, equipment and repairing the ship. And the ship is going to need uh, probably a week in dry dock, Captain. Quick reminder, by the way, one week is ten days in, cal- in, the, in the Regency calendar. Oh, good clarification. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Out of character, I needed that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think in character, I probably needed that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah. know how time works, of course, yeah. Right. But, You've never had to organise your time in, into weeks before, have you? Yeah, that's true. Just organise into <laughs> what food you could get. Yeah. <laughs> but the good news is, with the crew that are getting their, uh, getting, uh, their care... Common sailors are getting single shares. Everyone who fought uh, on the deck in the uh, charge at the end will be getting double shares. Officers, such as myself, Corzin, and uh, such, uh, and of course uh, Wheels, will be getting triple shares. Uh, The grins and says, I actually get four shares. And the captain goes, and I get a... Sorry, the captain goes... And I get a tenth on account of it's my name on the uh, letter of Mark. And he gestures behind him, and you can see framed on the wall, there is a gold-edged long piece of paper with a lot of of cursive writing on it, uh, starting with uh, His Majesty, uh, the King of Seoul, by the grace of his name, uh, Leon the Thirteenth hereby grants, and then a whole lot of small writing, and then finally <laughs> at the bottom, Captain Marlin Brandy. <laughs> Still can't believe you guys called him that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do anything. This is all Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so, Definitely, you had a hand in this. Yes, I like have. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so. What that means is, uh, most. So, what do, what do you reckon that's going to mean for uh, payday, soldier? Well, I would say, common sailors, we can expect to get, with the money we get from selling the fawn as well, maybe 150 gold. Crowns. What do you reckon we'll get for the fawn? I reckon we'll get about half of its value, so maybe five grand. Wow. Yeah. None too shabby. Yeah, well, it's not it's not kitted out fully for war, and it is an estate, but it's manageable enough that a, uh, that with a f- you know a month or two of repairs, uh, it'll make some some cut price uh, uh, merchant a very very happy customer. And uh, frankly, I'm going to be spending most uh, most of my quarter uh, repairing this ship. <laughs> Uh, mm. I don't have the money to be outfitting a second ship, and and at this point, Brandy cuts in, and with the current state of the war being what it is, I would not be surprised if we only have another couple of months before a peace treaty is declared, and we'll have to wait for the next war before our uh, mark letter of mark becomes valid again. That will take up piracy, which I will not abide. Or even legitimate sailing. Ugh. That sounds desperately dull. I got my stu- I got my start on a two-bit brig 
trade in uh, trade in rough spun wool. It was. <laughs> There's a reason I saved up for uh, for buying the letter of Mark. Uh, <clears throat> in any case, what that means is, Solicitia, you can expect to receive maybe three hundred gold as your share. Thank you. Corzin, you can expect to receive for 50. Thank you, sir. And Skemp. There's a reason I brought you in here. Oh. You're a bit young, lad. But you've got a talent to you. And they, we've got a vacant position, which I think you might be, might be able to fill if you're looking for it means the difference between a double share for fighting and a triple share for an officer position. <laughs> See, we're looking for someone to be ship's oh. mage. Right. Think it over. You've got till uh, we sell all of the uh, loot and start divvying up the, uh, the proceeds. If when it's payday... You decide you want to be ship's mage. You tell me, you'll get a triple share. Don't you have to be, like, trained and licensed and stuff? Well, I'm sure that uh, if any assessors were to come in, you'd be one of, uh, you would officially be uh, a, a, an assistant gunner's mate. Okay. But I don't really anticipate that happening. Besides, it's not like we're the official navy. (laughs) (laughs) That amount of money when I was your age, lad, would have turned my head. Stop! Regardless, I'm sure that uh, Watcher, and he nods to Carpenter Wheels, will be very happy of your assistance during the trip back to Crosswater. There's a lot of repairs that she could get done a lot faster with your assistance. Sure. Good. My dear. Right then. I think that's everything. Dismissed. Get back to your posts. It is going to take us about three days from here to get both of these ships limping back into harbour. And uh, you are dismissed from Captain Brandy's chamber. As we walk out the door, I'm going to ruffle Scamp's hair and go, look at you, ship's mage. <laughs> Getting official, are we? I'm going to have to kill lots of people, aren't I? Um... Not necessarily, but that does tend to go with the territory of being a privateer. Yeah. Maybe you'll just repair lots of masts. <laughs> I'm good at that. You are. You, you did very well on the other one. Maybe that's the bit of today you should focus on. I like fixing things more than breaking things, I think. Yeah. Guns were more fun when they were theoretical. <laughs> yeah. By the way, how did you uh, learn all about cannons and guns? Yeah, you've never told us. I've got small hands. I can be useful to people. What kind of people? You're like an apprentice or something? No, they get paid. <laughs> oh. Um... I got food, so I guess maybe. But then they went away, it always happens. Hmm. I work with people for a bit, then they leave, or they get bored. How did you get bored of you? You're very exciting. 
Idiots. I wasn't magic then. I was just weird. Weird How is good. How did you first find out that you could do all these things? Um, it's different for everything, I guess. I still find new things, that's fun. Hmm. Usually it happens because it needs to. I can relate to that. I honestly thought that, uh, just, well, there was a time not that long ago where I was caring for a crewman and I knew for a fact he was a goner, but then this, and he gestures to the spirit that is sort of, um, arcing around his shoulder. <laughs> Which only Celestia can see. <laughs> Your shoulder? He's got very big shoulders, Scamp. Don't underestimate the power of them. <laughs> it arrived, and... At this point, um, friend um, actually uh, mentioned something to you, Scamp. You know, it's... Uh, it's a shame you can't see it. Uh, it's quite a nice little customer. It looks like a bunch of silvery scales just floating in midair. Also, there's a very strange octopus there. Let's say about that one. Everyone can see things I can't. <laughs> but you can see. Sorry, did you say that out loud? Yes, <laughs> I said that. Friend didn't. I'm not sure you right, finished okay. your sentence, Sam. Um. All right. My apologies. He says, but this... No, no, it's fine. Uh, but this spirit turned up, and... For whatever reason, I I was able to use its power to to heal him. And that, that was a, uh, a man... I've seen that type of injury before. He was going to... He lost too much blood. Hmm. And there was going to be no way of getting him... Uh, getting him to shore fast enough but he's alive and that's the point actually is that particular crew member still alive he oh, is no. alton oh, apple blossom i thought he was called apple blossom <laughs> yes he uh he was not uh part of the crew that did the charging uh he uh, he but uh he was uh uh, but he did survive. Uh, he he wasn't even hit by a cannonball. Wow! Hey. All right, no, I thought best to check that. And his name had temporarily escaped me. Mm. <clears throat> but actually, as you're discuss as you're walking across the deck and mentioning this, uh, Apple Blossom uh, happens. Uh, you can actually see Apple Blossom up on the rigging, mending uh, mending rope. And I point mm. him out just so him up there. He kind of oh, yeah, waves down. Him. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I sort of wave up to him uh, jauntily and I say if anyone ever tells you that some people should be alive and others shouldn't remember that guy hmm yeah funny thing magic isn't it does seem to turn up when you're not expecting it to when you need it yeah. Because I mean, mine were about for a bit, but they didn't do anything for a while until I really needed them to. 
Well, it's not for us really the reason why, but hmm. I'm just glad they were there to make a difference when they were. Yeah. Do I have any of the floaty things that I can't see? Um, not that we can see. Oh. Well, not that I can see. Can it causing? Can you see anything? <coughs> You've never I seen any floating around, Skep. Okay. Um. With the exception, briefly, of uh, Friend when he manifested. Mm. Right. Well, so that, well, there's that... Um, that uh, friend of yours who turned up on Slavitska's Isle, but other than that, I think your magic comes from a different place. I think yours might be, like, in you. Whereas ours is sort of on us, isn't it? Like, as followers as around, I think yours is maybe maybe just in there somewhere. I gesture to all of them. So I am still weird. You're not weird. Well, you are weird, but you should embrace it. Weird is good. <laughs> Take it from someone who knows. Most people who meet me think I'm weird for a halfling. You are weird. <laughs> I tend to take that as a compliment these days. But, you know, they, they think halflings, they think, you know, overfed layabouts who'd rather stay at home with their feet up rather than someone who... I didn't think that. I thought you'd be a farmer. As you're, as you're saying this, you can actually see three of the Halfling crew members are walking past on their way to their uh, to, the, to their tasks, and they are absent-mindedly just pulling rations out of their pockets and eating them as they walk. <laughs> it, you you suddenly remember it, it suddenly occurs to you that uh, uh, calls them that it is just about supper time actually now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to say which which uh, halfling meal is it? That's supper, but not pre midnight snack. Right. Yeah. Of the twelve halfling meals. I yep. want twelve meals. Great life. <laughs> Well, there's an actual practical reason for this, is that we're a lot smaller than you and our metabolism works faster. Oh, so you're not just, like, eating all the time because you're a greedy fucker then. It's a common misconception that halflings are gluttonous. I mean, I suppose you're very small and you do have to try and keep up with the rest of the ship. And you're very strong, so... And keep up we do, as I'm sure you'll have noticed. Yes, I'll give you that. You're stronger than me. And I'm, like, nearly three of you. (laughs) (laughs) Even Corzin finds this amusing. (laughs) (coughs) So, you head back to your tasks. And the next three days pass sluggishly (laughs) because of the state of both ships and uh, in a constant haze of overwork. Everyone is pulling double shifts in order to get the ships back. But with three solid days of work, it does happen. And on the... the I'm going to say... Yeah. Around... And the early afternoon of the 26th of Falling Leaves you begin to arrive at Crosswater, sailing along the coast into the Viridian Bay, 
and to the city itself. As we're sailing in, I would like to smoke some opium, please. Okay, do. <laughs> Just so that that's on the record. Crosswater sprawls. As the regret approaches the lazy, wide mouth of the River Cross, the squat outer buildings of the city seem to spread horizon to horizon. Extensive docks crowd the river's edges, with canals and keys cut deeper into the land for the loading and offloading of large cargo ships, such as the huge, high-sailed Haldanosmen that make the trip to distant Haldanos for tea, silk and spices. Deeper in, higher bridges permit the travel of smaller vessels and the crossing of foot traffic, and both river and bridge are crowded alike the former by scores of vessels making to and from dock, the latter by a thick press of people, horses, cattle and wagons. The city clamour is audible even as you approach, a distant buzz of commerce, argument, jubilance and the occasional scream. Three great walls have at different times attempted to encircle the city, each one more impressive than the last, and each time, the city has resolutely ignored them and grown beyond. Much of the city's sprawl extends beyond the outermost walls, although the central ring does boast a squat, yellow stone fortress that likely serves as the city's main armory and centre of government. Meanwhile, in the outer ring, you can just spot the white rising tower of what uh, Alton Appleblossom, who has been here before, informs you to be the city's university. But as you pull into dock, one other thing dominates the wharves. A huge key has been appointed to the supply and mooring of naval warships, complete with dry, uh, adjoining dry docks. You can see the tall masts and thick hulls of a number of ships of the line, mammoth vehicles bristling with scores of cannon in port for repair or relaxation. But dwarfing even a first-rate ship in size, however, is the beast resting in its own portion of the quay. Perhaps 500 feet in length, nearly 100 feet wide, it looks only very loosely like any other creature you've ever seen. Four massive reptilian limbs extend from its body, tipped with claws the size of trees, both limbs and claws webbed for better purchase in the water. A long, thick, webbed tail curls around its body as it rests, counterpoint to a massive head, flanked by an enormous pair of horns and two relatively tiny eyes, yellow and slitted, each no bigger than a dinghy. It snorts a spray of water from huge nostrils, as if snoring. In comparison to its mottled black and brown body, the beast's entire back is covered in a horned carapace of dark, shimmering blue-green, reflecting the sunlight like dappled water. The carapace is not uniform, however. At frequent intervals, steel domes topped with what appear to be glass have been set into the carapace, most of which have open portholes from which the recognisable form of thick cannon barrels emerge. Causing you in particular would peg a number of these as being 64-pounder carronades. Oh. 
As you watch, a boat sails up to the creature's head. Its jaws open lazily, revealing rows of teeth, and the boat begins to pour tons of fish directly into its mouth from nets on the boat's deck. A long prehensile tongue licks up any missed fish, and then the beast's jaws close, and the boat sails on its way. First met Vig. Uh, actually, no, you'd be on the you're on the main ship. So Captain Brandy, who's seeing the uh, ship uh, on deck as the ship is sailing in, goes, "Well then," and he looks to you and uh, to the Eucalyptian scamp. Welcome to Crosswater. What the fuck is that? That is a fortress beast. Well, the marine version of them. They're uh, one of. It's one of about. I think Bright Hall has five of them in total. Yeah, I'm going to say five. Sounds about right. They're. Uh... <laughs> well, let me put it this way. I mean, I don't know if they have stories about this where you come from. And when you were a kid, did you ever hear the tales about how the regent slew the Tarasque? No. Uh, have you heard of the Tarasque? No. Nope. I'm going to assume Corson has. <laughs> yeah, Corson, you know as much of this tale as I, I told you. Uh, so feel free to cut in at any point. I think right. maybe we had different fairy stories where I'm from. Right. Well, I mean, it's not a fairy story. You know, it's 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 history. Um, about two thousand years. Well, earlier than that. About eighteen hundred years ago. A bit shy of that. <laughs> Shortly after the regent uh, was first recognised as uh, the one true god, uh, she uh, brought. She united uh, the disparate and quelling peoples of the t- uh, collapsing Tyrian Empire. Uh, and formed an army, marched at their head, and uh, slew the Tarasque. And, and the Tarasque was this huge beast that was wandering all over Haldanos, and it was just, it was just marching everywhere, eating everything in its path. And from what I, you know, from what the tales tell, it was like a mile wide, half a mile high, uh, and it would just consume whole towns and villages as it went. So it had to be stopped, and though it cost a lot of people's lives, they did. And uh, But here's the thing. When they killed it, what they didn't know was that it had laid eggs. So, wow. How big were the eggs? Were they... I mean, I don't know. They're probably big? massive. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't... I'm, how did they not notice if they were so big? Well, I assume that they lay, that she laid them in a nest somewhere and then fucked off to do more eating. And did you not notice a big fuck-off nest? I don't know. Someone did, though, because they stole the eggs. Oh. Fair enough. Yeah. For what... I, I mean, this is me remembering from Regent's Day School, but... Um, uh, from what I understand, they did know about the ne- nest. They went there and they sl- destroyed as many of the eggs as they could find, but... Some folk, uh, some some so, uh, some bastard high elves. Uh, no offense, uh, you're not a high elf. I'm, I'm not sure a high elf. Yeah. Don't worry. They they made off with a few of the eggs, and they took and they hid them in Haldanos, and uh, those were the first fortress beasts. And they learned to breed them, and eventually, well, they got betrayed by the hobgoblins, killed, and then the hobgoblins took uh, over raising the fortress beasts, 
and um, when the great uh, you know when the great Khan when she came and invaded Jova 700 years ago whenever it was she brought a ton of fortress beasts and then you know what she died the empire fell apart but in Meadmere and Brighthall they kept the fortress beasts they learned how to breed them and they learned how to make the versions that swim as well and I guess they learned how to make them not you know eat entire towns well yes that was sort of the thing although they do have an appetite and he gestures towards where is the, the fish still happening uh, no 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 the, 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 the several tons of fish have now been fed to this thing and okay. it's now just snorting uh, from its uh, from its nostrils again snoring away how do they get it not to eat them? As like, I is underst- it intelligent? Does it understand? Sorry. From what I understand, it's about as intelligent as a horse. So it's this it's a huge thing, but uh, I reckon they tr- they must train it the way they train giant eagles. You know, they have a few of them around it from birth, and then, you know, it, you mostly the same crews on it. Uh, and so it knows that they're friends and doesn't try and eat them. And also they have to keep feeding it, because if it gets hungry, it probably would, you know, go wild and start killing people. Hmm. But, you know, imagine you're a giant hungry monsters. Are you going to go on a rampage, or would you rather sit still and let people bring you food? Makes sense. Hmm. Suppose it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that there is one of the jewels of Brighthall's navy. And they got a few it's a floating fortress. Pretty much. Isn't it? Yeah, they've got a few land-based ones as well, although they're a bit smaller. Hmm. Well, I heard that those things can go 10,000 ton. 10,000 so tons, bloody hell. They they used to use them to siege castles and be castles as well. You can build a castle on the back of one. Sure, that'd be a bit difficult, wouldn't it? When you have to get it to stay still for a really long time. Well, or do they stay still for a really long time? I mean, you kind of—he gestures over to the one in the key, who is, apart from opening its mouth to eat, not moved at all. Hmm. And now that you peer, you hmm. can just see there are tiny, uh, there are a couple of tiny figures inside one of the kind of glass and steel domes on its back, and one of them appears to go. You can just make out they're going down some steps into what appears to be into its carapace. Oh, like inside it! Hmm. Wow. Apparently they figured out a way of tunneling through it. Without hurting Mm. Well, that carapace is as thick as rock. Thicker. They say, they used to say, before cannons were invented, that only adamantine could crack that carapace. As it turns out, um, several hours of sustained cannon fire will as well. The adamantium we know about down below. <laughs> well, you learn something new every day. Right, let's get the ship. Uh, we're gonna put, uh, get these ships into dock. Work on selling our loot in the other one, and then I'm gonna get pissed drunk. And I insist that you three do the same. Well, oh no! Try. What a terrible Hi, order! You're <laughs> such a mean captain. You <laughs> <laughs> go. The uh, sh- the pair of ships find uh, docks, and uh, the other officers begin the process of trying to sell uh, various elements. But the three of you and much of the crew 
are very relieved to get uh, to be on shore leave. And it's complete shore leave as well, as the regret is going fully into dry dock for a week. Uh, mm. There's no need for anyone to stand watch over it because it just needs to be taken out of the water and repaired. A week, which is 10 days. Oh, I'm going to remember week. this. Yep. Yeah. It's really hard to I adjust know. that in your head. It's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> As you uh, you find your it's uh, you find your way selves you know, marching and next to the docks there's you know there's there's a big sort of marketplace and it's just full of all manner of uh, different uh, shops. Sweets. There are sweets. You can yes! you can buy sweets. They're about the same price as in uh, Balwick's Bay. Um, mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah, but there is actually a, nice, a bigger variety of them, and they do more interesting things. There is uh, someone there who does, uh, uh, who has uh, what looks like they, they've got long streams of caramel. They make that they sh- kind of sculpt into ah. shapes. Like there's one he does it on a pat on a hot pan and shapes it into it like a dragon, and then takes it off on a oh. stick. And I'm going to buy us all caramel dragons. Okay, uh, they're a copper. <laughs> they're a copper each. So I'm doing it. Yeah. Everyone's having you one. Buy three, three copper <laughs> okay. caramel dragons. Gordon isn't going to say no. Yeah, there's all sorts of people. You pass uh, one half. There's a halfling sat on the sidewalk on a little stool with um, like a, a, a big pad uh, and charcoal, and is just doing pencil sketches of people, selling them for a copper, like for two coppers a, a sketch. And you can see there's a crumpled old hat next to him with a sign scru- crudely scru- uh, scrawled in common, Eddie's Tips, uh, written, uh, written on the side of it. Um there's also a small. Uh, there is also a uh, halfling child, uh, sort of you know teenage, so two feet tall, <laughs> uh, calling uh, uh, next to a big, uh, to a large stack of what appeared to be broad sheets of paper. Can your gr- <coughs> can your crosswater sentinel failed attempt to retake some Gregorsville? Sandard Port remains with the orcs. Can you cross for us? No, only two coppers. You're all right. You're gonna, all right, lad. Two coppers. I'm gonna. He no, passes just, you. A, a, he passes you the broadsheet newspaper. Just okay. when you, when the little kids are a shot, I'm gonna nudge Cousin and go, "Oi, oi, Cousin, Cousin, he's even smaller than you, mate." <laughs> he's wearing a little flat cap and everything. Oh, you'd think they would have picked somebody with better projection. Just saying. <laughs> He's all of about fourteen. Give the guy a break. It's very high pitched. He's going to wear his voice out if he carries on that way. Thank you very kindly, sir. Crosswater Sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> I attempt to retake Sir Gregor's bell. I love him this so much. It's like a fantasy version of the squeaky voice teen from The Simpsons, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, looking at uh, <laughs> looking at the newspaper, a lot of it is quite dry new uh, local news. This is apparently a daily newspaper. It's got the uh, date printed at the top: uh, the Crosswater Sentinel, twenty sixth falling leaves, seventeen ninety seven. Uh, still only two copper. Uh, and the main article is talking about the war, uh, the Sunder War, going over in the continent of Sunder. And yeah, it seems that uh, the uh, the Sulian forces attempted to retake the port of St. Gregorsville after it was captured by uh, Orsirians, but alas, uh, after a three-day f- uh, battle, they were driven back, and it looks like that particular port uh, is going to stay Orsirian. So the continued ill news in the war with uh, 
uh, the war with uh, uh, with Austria and Saul. <coughs> so, you guys are in well, a new town. Means that we'll probably be in a job for a little while longer. <laughs> mm, very true. I guess we don't really want the war to end, do we? Which is a strange thing. Mm. Uh, so, you are in a new town. What do you guys want to do? Um. So. I need to stop into the statue garden and um, see if we can get any information about this sculptor man. Yeah. Do, do you want to come? Well, I've got no other plans. I was going to make myself sick on sweets, but this works we too. We can still do well, that. plenty of time for that. Yeah. You can have sweets while we go. I see no reason why you can't. Oh, I definitely will. <laughs> seriously, a word to the wise. Look after your teeth. Uh... My great-grandfather, he was saying, look after your teeth, you only get one pair, and they only give you grief in the end. <laughs> um, this is actually a valid point, uh, because I, I didn't really do this before. Uh, I'm going to say, because you had three days to get here, your addiction counter would have eventually dropped down, but I'm going to ask you to roll an opium okay, addiction shit. check to see whether you Yeah, I'm going to assume I was too busy to smoke You were too busy to smoke, we and you just, you know, with three days, you just got over, you know, the, the addiction wore yeah. off. So and it would have reset to doing. zero. Yeah, it's reset okay. to zero. Eleven. Okay. Uh, still that's, at zero. Is it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Is that? Oh no, that's ten. ten. Because still at zero because that is the DC without any addiction. Okay. Cool. So, so you are I'm... not currently addicted to opium. How exciting! Yeah, you're you're cas- just casually smoking it. Mm. <laughs> Casual puffing away. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, uh, asking around for directions, it's not too hard to find the statue garden. You make your way into the second circle of the city and uh, into quite a nice sort of uh, middle to higher class sort of area. In co- stark contrast to Casimir's enterprise of the stuck pig, the sculptor's domain appears to be a very legitimate high class cafe and wine bar. Much of the establishment is open air, set in a quaint courtyard with a number of circular tables and chairs beneath parasols. And it's quite a sunny day today. You're quite glad you've got your sunglasses on. Uh, And dotted artistically at frequent intervals are plinths with statues of various figures, mostly humans and halflings. Uh, But you do spot an orc and there is one sculpture of three dwarves sat on a bench applauding. Uh, all of the statues have been carved into aesthetically pleasing poses, often poised in dance, some displaying feats of athleticism, and each one has a variant of a pleasant expression, many laughing or cheering, some with more demure or even seductive sort of smiles. Uh, many of the well-dressed clientele uh, are commenting idly on the statues as they enjoy their coffee or glasses of wine. About a third of the statue garden is located within a building that sports a fine neoclassical facade and a number of aesthetic false columns, uh, some of which also bear statues. The bar is staffed by a tall, fair-skinned elf with blonde hair, blue-grey eyes, and an immaculate black vest and skirt. (coughs) Hello. So, uh, welcome to the statue garden. Would you care for coffee, wine, some refreshments? Um, yes, yeah, sir. What would you two like? I suppose we'd better start with the coffee, otherwise it might be a long day. Oh. Okay, could we have uh, two coffees and one milk if you have it? And um, also, I have a bit of an inquiry to make. Of um, 
I was wondering if there are any sculptors in town. I'm looking for a statue of a fisherman. I was wondering if you knew anyone who could do that. I'm afraid I'm afraid our resident sculpture is not available for uh, commissions. It will be two silver for the coffees and uh, three copper for the milk. And might I recommend one of our private rooms uh, for your, uh, uh, to have a pleasant chat and some coffee? Of course. Yes. She takes the money and... Uh, was two silver and three copper. Yes. Yeah, cool. I'd pay and, for them. And uh, directs you towards... Uh, she, she prepares the coffee uh, for the pair of you, uh, including a small bowl of, uh, of sugar and a spoon, sets it all on a tray and carries it into a, ro- uh, into a room uh, along with a, a generous glass of milk. Uh, <clears throat> and it is just a small room inside uh, inside the third uh, one of the uh, part of the third of the uh, of the uh, sculpt statue garden that is interior. Uh, it is lit by a small uh, sort of a curious oil lantern hanging from the ceiling with three flames uh, set in a little uh, in like a little safety glass um, which provides a kind of subdued amount of, uh, of light but enough to enough to uh, talk by and possibly read by there are f- uh, there, there's a circular table there with uh, four comfortable chairs arranged mm. uh, she sets the tea in the middle there you go I do hope you enjoy your coffee thank you she nods and departs <clears throat> this is um, quite nice isn't it the, uh, do you think the statues were people once why do you always go to the worst enough. option? <laughs> this, is, this is called the sculptors, the statue garden. It could, this, it's all sculptors. It could just well, be nice artwork. Chi- well, we met chickens that made people into statues the other day. I don't um... see any chickens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off, they turn people to stone, not statues. Slight difference. Second off, look around you. These these sculptures we got here, if they were uh, real people once, they were real people about six inches high. Uh, actually, the statues, I will make a note, the statues are all life-size, uh, and they are beautifully done. Uh, okay, but, I'll take that all back. Uh, but they are all done in sort of poses of jubilation. They have broad smiles and cheers on their faces. Well, um, darling, if they were turned into stone by giant chickens, they look pretty fucking happy about it, don't they? Maybe that's what some people are into. (laughs) (laughs) We need to get you, like, in a normal child environment at some point, because you're getting really fucked up. (laughs) At this point, uh, the door opens. I, like, hurriedly just look (laughs) And uh, Act casual. (laughs) As far as you can tell, the same elf comes back in. Uh, although this time she is dressed completely differently. She's wearing a green dress with a petticoat and has apparently put on makeup and rouge. Uh, How long has she been away? About three minutes. That's impressive. She's got entirely changed and put a face on in three minutes. It's amazing. Magic. She is in... <laughs> And you can see she's carrying her own uh, cup of coffee, which is which you recognise as she puts it down and takes a seat uh, to be the same darkness as the time you got the Quadruplus Express. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Abs- uh, p- 
Pleasure to meet you all. Celestia Stardust, nice to meet you. She shakes your hand demurely and gives it a small kiss. Uh, yeah, hello, hello. Uh, my, uh, hello, 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 hello. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Veldrina. Uh, you might have met my sister Veldania out here. Oh, out <laughs> so, uh, I understand that you are looking for someone to deal, and she kind of sips her coffee reflexively, <clears throat> with some sculpting issues. Uh, do you have anything uh, in particular that uh, you might be offering to trade for yeah. this sort of um, I have this. I take off the ring. She extends her hand, um, plucks it away with a kind of slightly jittery movements, takes another sip of coffee. <laughs> she's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Holds it over. Ah, yes, 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 yes. That looks to be hmm, the viper. Yes. She mm-hmm. takes the ring, pockets it. He sends his regards. So, yes, we did receive a message that uh, someone might be coming by with uh, his words, and they might have a request. So, please, tell me, what do you need? Um, I'm... Oh, forgive me, of course. Uh, I am the sculptor's right-hand woman. Oh, lovely to meet you. Um, well, um, I'm tracking a ship uh, called the Scarlet Wind. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for somebody on the ship, and I'd like to find out any information about where it is, or... Where it's going, or there's there's um there's a load of slaves on there that they took from a ship called the Saber's Fancy, and I'm looking to find out where they're going, where they're being sold. Ah, now that details. is something we can help you with. Now, we do have connections with uh, every black market of note on this continent, mm. so that is something we could assist you with. I could put out some feelers, take a listen, see when. The ship comes into port and make you aware of that. Now, as to the price. Yes. By default, I would uh, normally charge a price of a thousand gold crowns for this sort of service. However... So if... she keeps her poker face at this. <laughs> you, but uh, yeah. Scamp and Causing probably see the twitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However... The Viper's recommendation implies that uh, the three of you are friends of the Fisher Kings. Now, if I may be blunt, uh, I don't know you from uh, Adriana or Bob, as it were. (laughs) So I'm not going to take the Viper's word on it. But what I can do is I can offer you a trade. If you're willing to do a little job for us, I can waive that fee and just see around about arranging it. Now tell me, of the three of you, where would you say your specialty lies? You fighters? Thieves? Swindlers? Assassins? Problem solvers. Yes, Problem we, we're solvers. fairly flexible. I like, I like that. that. She takes another draught of coffee. So, <clears throat> well, we have three problems we need solving. If you solve any of these problems, I will consider that fair payment. Of course, if you really want, you could also solve some of the uh, all, well, two or even all of these problems for us, and we would pay you in good old-fashioned hard-cold cash. So, I have three problems. See if these any of these strike or fancy. The first one is a bit of a, well, I suppose you could call it a monster problem. Hmm. Hmm. 
We had a customer pay us to smuggle in some very entertaining contraband that proved to be a little more entertaining than we would like. The uh, <clears throat> package in question was supposed to be quiescent. Unfortunately, it hatched while it was in storage, oh. awaiting uh, further delivery to its intended recipient. Now, uh, that particular contract has been cancelled uh, because we were on a, we were not properly informed of the situation. However, <clears throat> the creature in question did kill the entire team we sent down to fix to collect it, and the team after that that we sent down to kill it. And oh. it's currently wow. occupying one of our main routes through the city storm drains, uh, which is, as you can imagine, is putting a bit of a crimp on our ability to move freely through town. Any ideas what it is? Uh, well, <clears throat> only one of our uh, assistants, let's call them, made that managed to get back, and they did that because they ran as soon as they caught a glimpse of it. That seems sensible. Yes. What did it look like? He only caught a very quick glimpse of it, but from what I understand, it was uh, something akin to a giant crab. Uh, as far as they, as far as you could tell, it uh, some sort of giant crab uh, or crab-like creature with tentacles in its mouth uh, that just started wow. uh, well killing everyone it saw. Crab. All right. Tentacles in its uh, he goes a little bit distant for uh, a few moments and uh, says, "It's a chull." A what? A what? A chull. Okay, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it, it's clearly a bad one. I mean, you're looking a bit. How bad is it? If it's just one, then. I think we've got a fair chance of taking it down. We did but only bring the one uh, egg. Right. So the good news is it can't have bred down there, unless it's one of those freakish things that reproduce without needing a mate. Parthenogenesis. I mean, Wouldn't... what? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely don't know that <laughs> Wouldn't take the uh, risk if I were you. Those things can do an awful lot of damage. Hmm. Yes, they. Uh, this one already has, and we'd like that to stop. So, if you um, take that up and uh, sort that problem, I don't care how you really get rid of it. Kill it, trap it, crush it under rocks. Maybe, I don't care if you steal it away and release it into the sea. So long as it's out of our sewers, we'll consider that job sorted. Hmm. The second job is a uh, spot of identity theft. <laughs> right, so... Um, we have one person in our party who's quite good at that. Okay, excellent. So, the uh, there is a bit of an issue. We need some documents stolen from a visiting uh, gentleman, and uh, their which would include their identity papers and an invitation to a particular soiree or salon they've been invited to. We need to be able to send someone in their place to that. <clears throat> the uh, fellow in question is a halfling journalist, orator, and philosopher by the name of Jean-Paul Savot. Uh, he is currently all the trend with the intellectuals. 
and he's uh, currently visiting uh, uh, visiting Crosswater from Seoul, his home country. He is uh, staying in a rather fashionable hotel, the Silken Goose. Uh, although I understand he spends a lot of his time in uh, coffee houses and wine bars, drinking it up and uh, preaching uh, the, the, all of his fabled uh, self-evident truths and the like. So we don't know where he keeps his papers or his uh, invitation, or his invitation. Probably on his person, maybe not. But whether if you can either if you can get those, I don't really care how. Uh, without killing him. We'll consider that job done. Okay, an important thing. Yes, uh, it is very important that Savat does not die or disappear. Uh, he needs to be cited. He need, his presence in town needs to be noted before we send someone to impersonate him. Hmm. Okay. Thirdly, this one's tricky, but here's the thing: if you do one of the first two. And then, uh, then we'll consider that even payment for the uh, inquiries we need to make. If you were to do a second one of those two, we would for either of those first two, we'd pay you 120 gold crowns for the second one you did. Mm-hmm. If you were to do this one, uh, this third one's the trickiest, and it comes with a bit of a calculated fee. If you were to just do that one, we'd take we'd take 100 gold off the final amount as payment for uh, sorting out these problems uh, that you're looking for uh, and pay you the rest. <sighs> you see, the problem is, um, hmm, this might be a wet work solution. Maybe. I don't know. The McDougall family uh, run th- a lot of uh, the uh, smuggling and uh, opium and other interesting uh, chemical dens in the south of the city. They're a street gang of halflings. Now, uh, normally they're not a problem. They've been quite reliable in the past. They've always paid their cut to the sculptor and he's been very happy with it, despite their occasionally disrespectful attitude. Of late, however, their leader, Morag, the eldest sister of the seven uh, brothers and sisters of the gang, has developed a very problematic redleaf addiction. And uh, do well, do we know what redleaf is? Do make I know? a nature or medicine check. I was going to say, out of character, yeah. Do we know what that is? Ooh, I might know. Uh, I don't think it. What what check is that? Sorry? Nature or medicine? Okay, that's an eight. I so I don't, don't think, think I do. Knows. Nineteen. Okay, Skep, you have actually uh, seen Redleaf before because you've seen someone take it. Uh, it was an older boy. Uh, I think it was a boy. Yeah, it would have been uh, arbitrarily. Let's say a boy uh, in <laughs> one of the street gangs in uh, Scarl's Cove got hold of some uh, apparently the way you, you can either chew it for a slow root burn or you can uh, crush it up into a fine powder and snort it which is what he did and then he proceeded to flip the fuck out and start beating the shit out of people uh, wow. it is a potent stimulant if taken in powdered form uh, or a more gentle stimulant if uh, if, if chewed as as a leaf 
which enhances your speed and reflexes uh, for a short period of time and then leads to one hell of a come down afterwards. Uh, it's fantasy crack. <laughs> it's basically fantasy crack. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it also it's also there. Is it red? It is red. That makes me happy. Yeah. The. Uh, the finished powder is a sort of uh, off is a sort of faint is a sort of pinkish uh, ah, color okay. uh, when it's done. Um, so yeah, you've you've encountered this before, Scamp. That stuff's nasty. Mm. Mm. And the particular problem for us is that it also impedes your judgment. Morag has killed three Watchmen in the last week. Oh wow. Yes. That's a problem. That is a problem. Now, don't get me wrong, we're good at sorting these problems out, but if this continues, uh, it's going to rapidly outstretch our ability to solve said problems. So, we need the McDougall family taken care of. We need them to disappear. We don't care how that happens. We don't care if you kill them, kidnap them, scare them off, bribe them away, or pack them on a one-way ship to Sunder where they can live out a new life as potato farmers. Mm. We just need them to be gone for six, at least six months so this sort of heat can die down. That said... Sorry, go on, go on, go on. If she's killing Watchmen, then presumably they're going to be taking an interest in uh, this woman and Sooner or later, the trash it's going to take itself out. Yes, but the problem is that, that yeah, there's uh, something large we're currently working on, which uh, I'm afraid we don't know you well enough to talk about. That's quite all right. Uh, and right now, we'd rather not have that level of scrutiny. So Also, normally, I imagine she knows things, doesn't she? Well, yes, there is that. Normally, we would we would let the trash take itself out, but in this case... It's necessary to t- put our own house in order rather than leave it to mm. the blue coats. And you definitely need the whole family gone, not just her. We need as much as of it gone as possible, uh, ideally, to prevent uh, reprisals. But the important thing is Morak. So, we will pay. And again, if you do this as, your, as the only job for us, we'll take 100 gold off this total. We'll pay 25 gold crowns for each McDougal you kill or disappear, or otherwise get rid of. We'll pay 50 for Morag, or 200 if you bring her back alive. Oh, bring her into you alive. Yes. Uh, we don't care. It's uh, We do have a uh, safe house location that you can bring her to uh Yes, obviously quietly. you wouldn't want her here, would you? No, but uh, if, you make, if you put her somewhere and then send us a message, we'll come and collect. Hmm. Uh, And if you can do that, I'm sure that the uh, boss would actually probably like to speak to you directly. So you said there are seven of them? There are seven of them, yes. Morag and her siblings... Let me see. Ah, yes. Johnny, Tommy, Bonnie, Lonnie, Sonny, and Honey. Why the fuck is she called Morag? (laughs) Apparently eldest they only de- child? Eldest child. Apparently they only decided on the pattern afterwards. Who the fuck gives all their children rhyming names? What the fuck is wrong with these people? I suspect this may have led somewhat <laughs> to- towards their life of crime. People with rhyming names do tend to become 
you know, murderers and stuff. That is a trend. Definitely. <laughs> or perhaps they just had rather sadistic <laughs> parents. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do remember. Uh, yes, unfortunately, uh, old uh, Daryl uh, McDougall and Hannah McDougall were two particularly uh, prolific serial killers in their day. Oh, wow. So really, their, fam- their, their descendants have been quite an improvement, at least until now. But yes, that's, uh, that's our conditions for that one. You can do any of those three, and uh, we will consider that a suitable payment for dealing with uh, the inquiries for your problem. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you do any others for us, we'll pay you for those. Okay, that, uh, that seems fair. If you'd like to have a little bit of time to discuss, I can leave the room, come back. Um, I think that would be good, yes please. Quite all right. She drains her coffee. I'll return in ten minutes. Hmm. Can I do a nature check to see how much I remember about jewels? You can. Nineteen. Okay, quite a lot is the answer. Uh, So, you remember a uh, a few interesting things. Uh, first of all, they are cloaked in heavy chitinous armour. They're about the size of a horse. Uh, and you remember those fuckers are tough. It takes a, quite a fair bit to bring them down. They're amphibious. They swim as fast as they can uh, as they can uh, walk. They can breathe air and water equally uh, well. They don't need to periodically resubmerge the way that uh, Sawagin do. Uh, you also, you know that they've got two huge, well, they've got uh, four sort of crab-like legs and then two huge lobster-like, well, crab-like actually, no, crab-like pincers. Uh, they also have a particularly nasty habit if they can grab hold of someone with a pincer and keep them in place, uh, then they can also try and, uh, essentially wrap their tentacles around them. The uh, tentacles, from what you remember observing, ha- exude a paralytic slime. Hmm. Ah. Although it does, although they're also quite short-ranged, so the chul has to grab someone and pull them in towards its uh, tentacles in order for it to, to paralyze them. Uh, you also remember that they do they are while not as intelligent as humans and halflings they're smarter than than just beasts they're certainly capable of deception and trickery oh and they're also comp- uh, and, and also you you just happen to know this from later research they're also immune to most poisons hmm. i relay all of this information mm-hmm. i also say now, cards on the table. Yes. Generally, I am given to understand that these things are um, social creatures in that they live in family groups. That's certainly the only time I've ever seen them that was uh, the case. But if there's one isolated, then all I would say is treat this thing like it's got the intelligence closer to you or I than it has, you know, um, 
Oh, so it's sort of properly sentient kind of thing. Close enough. Hmm. Okay, good to know. Close enough for discomfort. Hmm. Okay. The advantage that we're going to have is that uh, we're going to have it outnumbered. But I would recommend, if we've got it, uh, setting a trap for it. And Coming up with some sort of plan. To take it down. We do still have explosives. We should ask her how far down the sewer is and whether that will be heard. Oh, um, whether it will collapse the sewers. Will that be an issue? Oh, Are they going to bring a road down on us? Make an intelligence check, anyone who wants to. Oh, that's a one. I think that's a great idea. Four. <laughs> Sixteen. Despite your, uh, despite uh, having grown up the entire your entire life in uh, under dark cavern work <laughs> and knowing cave. the dangers <laughs> of uh, setting off high explosives in confined spaces, you feel confident that the that something like just like an ordinary sewer probably isn't going to be an issue. I mean, uh, it's got it's, it's quite, <clears throat> quite strong. It'd be fine to blow it up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Scamp, you know a bit. You know a fair because of your past. You know a fair bit about it uh, uh, about. Uh, the uses of gunpowder and and sewers and sewers Uh, and the answer is uh, a properly intact storm drain at a a secure well buttressed point would probably be probably wouldn't collapse after a powder keg explosion Uh, however if uh, if you were in a damaged part, one that had been disrupted by, say, extensive flooding, so the stonework had started to break uh, in places, or if it had been if it was in disrepair, setting off a powder keg near or uh, close to or under that would probably cause a collapse. So, yeah, you could get away with a powder keg explosion. If you were somewhere, if you were in intact in an intact portion, but it would be riskier in a in an out of repair portion. So it's going to depend on how well they look after their sewers. Oh right, like whether whether it's broken or not, sort of thing. Yeah, they're in bad repair. <laughs> We'll have street falling on our heads. Oh, I mean, I, I the odds of it being in bad repair are quite high as well, aren't there? Because there's this sort of murderous crab thing down there. <laughs> well, there's that. Retroactive question. Yeah. What creature type is a chewel? Oh, is one it, moment. I will tell is it you. Aberration? I f- is it a... Oh, uh, I'm not sure if it's an aberration a or a monstrosity. One moment. It's definitely one of the two. Nope, I don't need to know the rug of smothering right now. Uh, it is an aberration. Right, in which case then, Corzin knows he can track it. Ha ha. Ooh. Hmm. Excellent. Do you, do you tell us this? What he will say is that I've come across these things once before. I should be able to um, uh, pick up on the signs of one. They're large enough that they're going to have difficulty hiding down there. Okay, that's useful. It's very useful. Mm. I mean, you don't miss a seven-foot crab. No, I mean, it's hard to hide. A seven-foot crab in, you know, it's probably relatively small sewer tunnel isn't isn't going to be that difficult, is it? I mean, also, it's going to be surrounded by dead people, are, so I, there'll I, be signs. 
I mean, uh, they've stated that these are kind of the storm drain sections. So you know that oh, they, so they are, might be quite big. So they, they, you know that they will at least be large enough for people to comfortably walk down. Um, which is the reason why, presumably, uh, the sculptor's crew use it for travel. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they wouldn't be crawling through the sewer for travel, actually. That was a stupid thought. Um, mm. So, What about this identity theft one? I mean, we're not very good at stealth, are we? <laughs> I mean, I am really quite drawn to the one with Morag McDougal because that sounds like we could properly get the sculptor's trust from that. Yeah. And there might be extra information in it. Or, you know, some sort of help. Um, yeah. And we don't need so, to kill anyone, we just need to bring her into the safe house. Sounds like all three of these things will require a bit of planning and nous in order to pull off. Definitely. But I'm... I'm... not objecting to any of them. Uh, especially not that chill one. Yeah, maybe we could do that one first because you seem to know all about them. So I think we've got good odds. And then maybe maybe find some information while we're sort of doing that if we can plan for more and friends. Yeah, and I mean we could even take a look at the the man uh, Jean Paul Savat, the Silken Goose, if we really wanted to. But I I think it's worth scouting out the two that are people. Definitely, and seeing how they look. Um, definitely with Morag, we want to watch them for a bit, see how impenetrable it is. But if we could do that one, I, I would love to get this this person's trust. Agreed. Because I think they could yeah. be very, very helpful. Okay. About this point, uh, there's a gentle knock at the door, which opens. Doesn't wait for you to say, come in. <laughs> Just knock, knock, opens. And uh, Vel, was it Veldrina or Valdania? This is what I get for naming two twins similar things. Veldrina, <laughs> return yeah. uh, in the in the green dress, uh, returns with a fresh cup of coffee. <laughs> is it another quadruple express? It is. Bloody hell! Is she okay? <laughs> so, hope you've had a bit of time to reach a decision. Which of these would you like to try, or perhaps try first? Um, I think by the sound of things, we're going to try for the uh, the, the giant crab monster in, in the sewers. Um, Fantastic. But then we're going to try and scout out the other two and see what we can do for you there as well, if you'd be happy for us to. Okay, one minute. And she take, reaches into her petticoats and uh, pulls out uh, a large iron key. Ooh. Uh, okay. So, this will take this here, and she passes it to you, Celestia, will let you into a shack on Whittaker Grove. Uh, that is our private entrance, as it were, <coughs> to the sewer system, and will take, and is uh, not far from, one of, uh, from the cache where the bastard thing hatched. Uh, You'll need to go uh, left, right, left, and you know what? She gets a napkin and proceeds to draw you a crude map <laughs> pointing the, the way. Right, that's broadly the area you want to search in. Mm-hmm. And um, would that also be the safe house that you would want us to take uh, the halfling lady to? Actually, that would be ideal. Yes, mm. if you could, if you okay, could leave good. her there and then send us a message and we'll uh, arrange for transport. We'll see what we uh, can if do. If you do that one. You see, either of those are 
ideal. Right, well, there's uh, no time limit on this, but obviously the sooner you do this for us, the sooner we can start making inquiries. Of course. Um, Those will take a few days. Uh, yeah, we're here for a week, so at least. Oh, that's um, right. So there should be time. Should be all right. Also, um, I have a question about your sewers, just for logistics. Yes. Um, if one were to say fire a gun down there, or, you know, do anything loud, would it be heard? Would we get the watch going? Like, would that be a problem, or are we far down enough that it's okay? You're reasonably far down. We've uh, we've had a gunfight down there before. Um, I would say don't, you know, don't try and you know, try try to avoid collapsing an entire tunnel if you can. But otherwise, unless unless that gets rid of that crab monster, in which case, go and feel free. Oh, okay. I want that thing dead. I suppose a tunnel you can put back up, can't you? I can put the tunnel back together. We have other ways around, but as long as that thing is down there, it's a, it's a danger for our, to our operations. Hmm. Obviously, if you can do that without collapsing, a tu- uh, without collapsing an entire tunnel, that will make everything a lot easier. Hmm. Besides, uh, there's still a little bit of contraband down there. Uh, you're welcome to it if you could find it, uh, but collapsing an enti- the entire tunnel would probably get rid of that, uh, put paid to that. Hmm. We've. If you can't find it, no worries. And if you can find it, keep it. We've written it all off anyway. Ah, very kind of you. If the giant crab monster thing hasn't destroyed it all, of course. Well, unless it eats silver, I don't imagine it will. Hmm. Corson would know what. Um, it does not eat silver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. It most. Uh, from what you've seen, it eats halflings. Oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. People. <laughs> You guess it would probably also eat sewer rats. You know, you don't imagine Meat these things are picky. Is the point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, Carnivorous higher predator. Okay. Well, um, lovely doing business with you. We'll see you as soon as we can. Right. Well, she drains. She drains half of her second cup of coffee. Right. Well, enjoy. Stands up. Bye. See you soon. See you. Totters Bye. out. Do you think she's had enough coffee? I'm I not think sure. She had enough stuff. coffee three days ago, by the looks of things. Yeah, that stuff's not good for you. No, there's a sort of there's, there's something behind the eyes going on there. She'd had a few too many. Um, Stick to rum. Yeah. Um, can I ask you two something? I don't want you to Go take on. this badly. Um. Yes. Why are you helping me? <laughs> because. This is a lot of work, and I'm extremely grateful. And I didn't—I haven't asked you up to this point because I didn't want you to think about it too hard. But I think maybe we're at the point where we're just friends now. And um, why are you willing to go into the sewer and kill a giant crab monster with me so I can save somebody? Corzin thinks for a few moments about this and says. I know what it's like to lose someone who's quite dear to you and if there's any chance that you can be reunited with them well, like I said a little while back if you've got the ability to do things, it's kind of your responsibility in my view to pay that forward (laughs) 
that was um I don't I, I don't know what it's like to lose someone dear to you um but you didn't throw rocks um <laughs> well if I can stop the entire world throwing rocks at you I will and um thank you thank you both Anyone I appreciate it more than I can that. ever make sense of. <laughs> so, um, thank you. I owe you both a lot, and I don't just mean drinks. Though drinks would make a very good start. <laughs> we could go and have drinks and talk about how we're going to deal with all of this shit, couldn't we? That might not be good, actually. Yes, a um, strategy meeting, I think. Yes, um... War Council. Corson <laughs> is going to use... He's not actually going to use Primeval Awareness to find the nearest pub, but he is going to use <laughs> his, um, his wits and uh, guile in order to try and find Halfling the nearest pub. alcohol senses. <sighs> okay. We're in a pub. I mean, you could order wine here, or you could go to another pub. We are. It's quite a classy pub. Yeah, no, no, no This is a bar. This, this is, is a, a wine bar, bar, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I would not be surprised if they were serving tapas. There oh. is tapas. No way is there, there tapas. There is tapas. Oh my God. <laughs> you can order some if you want before you leave. It's got I'm chorizo. ordering us tapas. Like, yeah, you get a small tapenade. bowl with such delicacies as chorizo, a chorizo and haggis. How much is it? <laughs> I'm going to say it's like like four, four, uh, four silver for like I'm just a of small bowls. <laughs> before we leave. Just, yeah, it's a collection. If it's an entire haggis, then it's like the size of Corzin's head. I mean, it's like it's like haggis slices, you know. Well, oh, not right, slices, okay. but yeah. <laughs> like it's it's done in tapas styles. There's lots of small dishes. It's basically oh, right, like a yeah. single course of a half. Uh, it's like a single halfling meal, hmm. uh, like, right, but like yeah. but like for a small halfling family. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, after finishing your tapas, though, using us uh, uh, before we take our break, I'll say you use your innate halfling senses. Can I ask you for a wisdom check, please? <laughs> wisdom, okay. Okay. That is twelve. Okay. All right, step out. Take a moment. This way, and you sort of head off in a random direction. Take your way through a couple of back streets following your halfling senses. Can I make a perception check, like to follow my nose to the nearest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Halfling beer right. senses, is that what this is? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. That's a nine. Okay. Um, you take about a little bit a longer than you thought, but eventually you make your way out of the back streets into a slightly larger quiet back street where you see a pub uh, as it's the early afternoon, mid-afternoon by now. There's a few workmen who are off, off their shifts getting, you know, getting pints outside. Uh, and you can see it just seems to be a quiet back street pub frequented by local, uh, you know, various local workers. Uh, and uh, there is a sign of just a classic sort of uh, glass sort of hooded lantern uh, reading the brass lantern above it. Hmm. And, uh, Here we are, told you. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely could have found us a pub fast. Bloody half I'm an really hour later. Good at cities. <laughs> yeah. Really good at cities. 
<coughs> and they uh, are really good at cities. As you make your way in, ready to get some drinks and prepare your war council, I'm going to call our break. We'll return subjectively, dear listeners, in a few seconds, uh, and carry on with our designs from there. See you all after the break. I'm in an and rate I come for his bra and subscribe. Harbor God of Flintlocks and Fireballs. And welcome back. So you find yourself uh, heading uh, into the Brass Lantern, a quiet back street pub. On the interior, uh, the interior is pretty much of classical pub style. Uh, there's light filtering through kind of thick, slightly uneven bottle glass windows, uh, a variety of just, at times slightly mismatched t- t- uh, chairs to the tables, uh, and a classic bar. Uh, with a couple of uh, workmen sort of sat at it, uh, engaged in, a co- in their own conversation while drinking from uh, heavy mugs. The barman uh, is a sort of dark, kind of like you know, dark-skinned, sort of like a uh, kind of chocolate brown uh, human with uh, reddish hair, has uh, a pair of gloves on, tweed vest and some trousers. Um, and is currently uh, polishing some mugs as you come in. He looks up as you enter. Howdy! Hello. What can I get you? Uh, whiskey for me, please. No, oh, barely, but all right. And uh, for you two. And what's the house sale like? Not bad if I say so, uh, so myself. Uh, we don't... Uh, uh, we get uh, we don't get ours from uh, the McDougal Brewery, that's for sure. <laughs> now there's a fellow we know outside the city of XR, so uh, yeah, we got we got decent dark. Uh, the light's all right too, but I prefer the dark myself. I'll go for that. And you, dwarf? Sorry. Um, milk, please. All right. <coughs> milk. Yeah. He uh, goes and pours you a whiskey. Pulls you um, a well. Yeah, pulls you at you and ale and pulls out a, a glass of milk uh, for each of you. That'll be uh, yep, one silver, two, uh, one silver, three copper. I'll pay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, out of character maths, please. How many? How many coppers to a silver? Help me. Ten. Ten. We're doing decimalisation. So one silver, <laughs> three copper. Yes, it's thirteen copper if you want to use it that way. No. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm, right. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'd run out of <laughs> copper, and I had a I had a brain fart, and my head exploded. My head exploded. I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, carry on with mm. the interesting things that are not me having a maths breakdown. Cause ancestor scam. Now, are you sure that's really necessary at this point? This is quite a cosmopolitan place. I'm sure there are other. No, I I, I like this. What, what was this place called? The Brass Lantern. Water. Oh well. <laughs> In character. <laughs> the the Brass Lantern, I think. Right. Why? I don't read very fast. Um, I don't know. I don't like it here. What's the matter with it? 
fine, I guess. It's... What's up with you? It's the day. Can we not see some sunshine, or is it sunny? You've never daylight. objected to daytime it's pubs daylight, before. It's yeah. There well, has it's been, late afternoon, so yeah. There has been day. no objection to daytime pubs before. What's going on, Scamp? Just having a weird week. We'll have plenty of time to uh, see the sights, I've no doubt. Yeah. This, this place okay. seems fine. It's, it's a pub. Yeah, the, the, the barkeep um, is kind of just polishing a, a, gla- a glass, watching through the other conversation. Kind of blinks for a moment, carries on. Seems vague. Seems the kind of vaguely interested in what his, his uh, patrons are talking about whilst he's just doing some work. What time of day is it, actually? Call it <laughs> four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay, right. So yeah. past the yard arm at least. Yeah, it's yeah. barely day drinking. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. All right. Well, we've got several more usable hours of daylight. So yeah, it's a, this is just a swift half while we um while we plan our next move. Okay. Why are we so bothered about the name? I just. I was trying to read faster and I'm not. I thought I had the right name and I didn't. I got it wrong. What did you think it said? To be honest, I didn't get the second word at all. And I thought the first one was a colour. Is brass a colour? Um, yes. Kind of. I was nearly right. (sighs) What did you think it said? The brown lantern or something? Yes, that. (laughs) Okay. Right, um, what are we going to be, do about this crab then? You guys, do you want to take, yeah, you could, there's a corner table if you guys want to sort of take a booth and mm. yeah, walk, I think so. walk cancel. Okay, you settle down with your drinks. Alright, given my experience with uh, things chul, mm-hmm. what do... Would it be reasonable to assume that the um, the best strategy for taking one down is to um, overwhelm it? I mean... It, it can no. only attack one or two people at a time, assuming that it's within range. It doesn't have any ranged weapons. Yeah, you've, you've not observed any ranged weaponry from it. It's melee only. Uh has at most you know two, uh, two can only can at most pincer two targets so taking it two at, taking it out at a distance is probably yeah, we've got um, guns haven't we scamp you've got fire yeah uh beyond the immunity to most poisons it doesn't have any you know particular resistances or immunities that you know of so most types of weaponry will work on it. You just, but you do remember that these things are tough, and do, uh, and even if you can get when you get past the armor, do you take a fair amount of punishment to put down? Hmm. So I, I guess having sat down for a war council, the plan might just be to hit it lots until it dies, mightn't it? Really. Keep distance where we can. Mm-hmm. Break anyone out who gets caught. Mm-hmm. Don't go near the tentacles. Yeah, I mean, not going near tentacles is quite a good way to live your life, really, isn't it? 
I don't think I've ever known any good tentacles. No, I've never met a tentacle I liked. <laughs> right. Um. So what about what about this McDougal family then? They're brewers. Apparently. I guess that could be a good front for smuggling drugs. Yeah, I suppose so. Lots of barrels and things. Yeah. Do drugs come in barrels? They can do. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't come in barrels. If you if you were a smuggler, say. It's a lot of drugs. Yeah, I suppose it is. It's a large city. True. Mm. Very big and city. And smuggling. Smuggling in barrels is good. Mm. <coughs> mm. So, so, how do we want to play this? Like, do we want to stalk them for a bit, see if we can find out anything about this morag? I mean, do we want to pretend to be so brewers subtle. and like we want to buy some beer or something? I don't know. Like, what, what can we do here? I suppose you could be like opening a pub or something and need lots of beer. I definitely look like someone who would open a pub. Maybe Corzin could be someone who's opening a pub. That seems well, you could more be likely. Opening a fancy bar, a wine bar. <laughs> Which needs beer and other things. Mm. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Or we could pretend we want to buy some drugs and then take her out the back and kidnap her. <laughs> seem... I mean, that works too. I mean. But how do we get to her and not lots of people all at once? Mm, you have a point. Um, how do we know which one she even is? If we knocked them out. Dragging lots of people all at once through town's gonna get tricky. Yeah. If we want to catch her unawares and uh, take her off, we've got to get her into a position where she's on her own, and that strikes me as going to be the thing that's going to be the most challenging. Um, we could pretend to seduce her. <laughs> I'd be really good at that. Well, you. I could pretend to seduce her. <laughs> she might like drow. Probably not. That's a bit niche, isn't it, for up here? Who knows? Is anyone paying attention to us? Is anyone watching us? Make a perception check. Ooh, it's a natural 20. Okay. On the tiny, S- tiny dice. Yeah. You can I ask you for a deception check, please? For your disguise. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, that was so nearly good. Um, Eleven. Okay. You do notice that uh, the barman has been watching your group, and you in particular, uh, for some time now. Okay. Have I noticed him looking over? Can I check? Make a perception check. No. (laughs) Probably not. That's an eleven. Yeah, (laughs) so probably not. Corson's probably too busy talking. Okay, about while while yeah. while the perception check is happening, I'm going to turn to Corson and go. Well, you know, she's a halfling. Maybe she'd like halflings. Maybe maybe you could try and fan her up a bit and ask her out on a date, and then we could kidnap her and instead. <laughs> Corson has a thousand yard stare. <laughs> <laughs> is it like like in Paddington Bear when he does the like hard stare? Is that what's <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> Quite probably. Oh. Okay, you only had to say if you didn't like the plan. I'm just throwing out ideas out here, you know, having a brainstorm. No, 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 that's that's fine. It's just, um... Well... 
she might not even swing that way. Who knows? No, exactly. Swing what that way? Um, her Never mind. body <laughs> when she dances. Um, I know stuff. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 uh, we might be uh, best off finding out. Over to Celestia and says, "We've been with this kid for I don't know how long now, and we haven't actually." Um, ascertained if they know where babies come from. I am not giving them the talk if that's what you are suggesting. <laughs> probably better you than me. Why? Why would I be good at that? Because I'll be honest about it. <laughs> what, and you'd rather I made up a story saying they come in pink packages brought by you know, dragon friends? Like, do you think that's no. better? Do you think I'll make up a song? This song is called Where Babies Come From, Scamp. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. You guys are not quiet. <laughs> um, we'll talk about this later. <clears throat> the hangover of the natural 20 perception check. <laughs> I mean, she likes drugs. Can we pretend we've got drugs? Yeah, that's probably we've got some a drugs. Yeah. I've got yeah, but she likes the red leaf thing. We could just buy some. We could fake some up. Well, do a deal. And from offer what we've to been sell told, she's her own best customer. Do we know how expensive it is. Any ideas? Is she the supplier for that one, or is it a different thing that they've been trafficking? Uh, you don't know. Uh, it sounds like she, but you guess that if she's, you know, if she's hooked on the stuff, she's probably got ready access to a supply. Hmm. Um, what if we left a trail of drugs <laughs> and had her follow it? No, this is, um, I, I don't have any good ideas here. Maybe we should just find out where she sleeps and creep in through a window and grab her. Yeah, this is not like, you know, baiting. We could spike her drink beforehand if we found a way to do that. Knock her out and then carry her off. Uh, sounds civil when you put it like that although what about our siblings there are fucking six of them aren't they we could pretend that we can help with her problem with the watch and organise a meeting that's not actually a bad idea someone's got their head screwed on today that could be nice let's go do that immediately yes and we could be really weird like we're a crime gang and say that we just want to meet with her well that'll take no effort hmm Mm. Yeah. But it might be worth getting rid of whatever's in the sewers first so we can use them to travel so we don't have to drag an unconscious lady through the streets. That's also a very good point. <laughs> I was going to make that point. I'm glad you made it for Scamp. me. What have you been drinking today? Or the only one who's not had coffee. You don't have any rights being this sharp. Evident. Coffee's bad for the brain. Maybe Evidently it is. The, uh, the beer in here is working. Mm. Is it working yet? No, I'm drinking milk, aren't I? <laughs> Apparently the milk in here is working. <laughs> we're, both, we're both getting tiddly, that's why it's working. <laughs> hmm. I still think that while this whatever it is lasts, we've got to go into a uh, competitive drinking competition and wipe the floor with everyone. I do think that that is very, very important. Definitely. Because we could make a lot of money off that and also it'd be really, really funny. 
<laughs> okay. So, having made your some plans, what do you guys want to do next? Well, we have the keys to the sewers. Mm-hmm. We do. Should we get on over there? I mean, it doesn't have to be under cover of darkness or anything, does it? Because it's in the sewers. Mm. No. And we... Yeah. We enter through a house, so it's kind of fine. Actually, that's an important point. With the um, with the roll that I got earlier, would I know if the uh, Chul has dark vision? Uh, you would. And it does. About on right. par yeah. with Skemp. Okay. So, once again, it appears that I am at a distinct disadvantage, being the only one who can't bloody see in the dark. Wait. Oh yeah, and I, I can help you with that, darling. How so? Click my fingers and a little purple light appears. Like this, as usual. Ah, right, okay. A couple of the workmen at the bar are kind of like, you see that? Oh. Just going to sink lower in the seat. <laughs> I'm going to stir the light around for attention, just a little bit. Just play with it in my fingers, like it's... um. You know, like contact juggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have like a glass ball and you like move it around and like, do a bit like of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Funnily enough. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm... Uh, make a performance check. <laughs> so fun. Uh, that would be a 19. Okay, you do the little times. One of them raises his point. They're like, oh. and they go back to the conversation. I tried to learn to do that. It's. It's not easy if you're clumsy. No, not easy in general, I think. Very few uh. things are easy if you're clumsy. Mm. <laughs> I um, put out the light behind Scamp's ear. <laughs> <laughs> and then create a little puff of smoke behind the ear with prestidigitation just for good measure. It's like what's going out, so it goes when I put it out behind her ear. Behind their ear. Says. I'm so sorry, I keep gendering Scamp as Robbie again. Apologies. Cousin says, are you planting more seeds for ear gold? <laughs> yes, I mean, ear gold is a, is a thing that we must all watch out for. We never know when it's going to appear. I reach behind Cousin's ear and try and slide a panda coin out of it. Make a slide check. <laughs> How much shit? <laughs> that would be a six. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's very, very obvious. This has never worked, ever. Like, this has never been a thing that's You can worked. clearly see her reach into her pocket, take <laughs> out the coin, and then try and put it behind your ear. <laughs> oh, Corzin, that's, that's your ear gold. That is... Corzin Still just sounds looks... like another way of saying earwax to me. Corzin <laughs> just looks her dead in the eye and says, don't give up the day job. This um, actually kind of is the day job. <laughs> never really had a real... Real job, apart from um, performing stuff. <laughs> but, you know, maybe the sleight of hand needs some work. I'll give it that. Okay, right. Um, What are we doing? <coughs> Killing the sewer crab. Yes. Okay. You finish your drinks. Uh, Make some crustaceans. And head out towards uh, Whitaker Grove. Okay. You make your way through the streets. Whittaker Grove is um, about a 
Well, actually, it should be about a 20-minute walk away, but Scamp, you're, you spent your life growing up in the side streets of a, of a city, and you know a thing or two about how cities are arranged. You can actually get, a, get the party there in 10. It's uh, a fun little feature of the ur- ur- urchin background. Also, causing, <coughs> because yeah. you're the only one with a passive perception... Actually, no. Your passive is your passive perception fourteen or fifteen. It's twelve. Really? I thought you had. Uh, yeah. I thought you had uh, proficiency in perception. Uh oh. Well, yeah, but my passive perception is twelve because it's based on my wisdom. Yeah, but um, it's also have... uh, it's ten plus your percep- total perception score. Oh, I see. In yeah. which case, um, yeah, it's fourteen. Okay, never mind then. Oh, <laughs> tease. So so uh, mean. No, no. I ha- uh, I thought it was fifteen. But okay, and I honestly minutes. thought that uh, passive perception was just based on wisdom. No, no. It's uh, it is your wisdom. It's it's what your perception would be if by default you assume you roll a ten. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, we'll change that then. Yeah. You make your way through the side streets to uh, Whitaker Grove, and. A lot of the houses around here are, you know, it's it's in the third circle. It's actually just beyond... No, it's just on the edge of the third circle of the city, so not far from the outermost wall. Uh, but down an area that's mostly filled with uh, small uh, small workshops and similar, not really a very profitable area by and large, and small sort of tenement housing. And there is pretty much a shack. You know, it looks like a... It looks like a like a an old slightly dilapidated home, uh, but it's the most shack-like building in there. And testing it with the iron key, the door does come open. Uh, it appears to be kind of an a bit of a wreck on the interior. Doesn't have many signs of habitation, but looking at it, there is uh, yeah. There, there, you can see that there's. Uh, a couple of front rooms working away to the back there is a, a a set of steps down to a cellar and descending into those you can see where someone has knocked the brickwork through underneath into an access way to a large uh, sort of circular tube just just tall enough for Celestia uh, to walk through she hunches very slightly mm-hmm Okay, uh, you do have some directions that were handed written down on a napkin, but uh, Corzin, uh, you were going. I'd like you to make a survival check with advantage because of your primeval awareness. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, I, I will uh, expend one of my spell slots to do primeval awareness. Okay, so I've, uh, actually, wait, because that might just flat out tell you. I haven't. Haven't that actually used flat out. Tell me. Yeah, uh, range of primeval awareness. Well, one it's minute. Got a really pillars. wide radius, hasn't it? Uh, one. One mile. Wow. Uh, six mile. Yeah, one mile because you're not on your favorite terrain, which is the sea. Well, uh, I mean, uh, my favorite terrain is the coast. Does this count as the coast? No, this is an urban. This terrain is, as it were, urban. Fair enough. Okay, one mile then. Yeah. Uh. So. Okay. Uh. Funnily enough, 
It only says that it, you can sense whether the following types of creatures are present within one mile of you. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Re- it does not reveal the location or number. But since no. you're using it, I'll give you advantage on the uh, survival check. Mm. All right. Twenty-one. Okay. The moment you kind of trust to. And the sort of, and you feel the fisheye spirit settle onto your eye the same way as it does during the hunter's mark. You feel your awareness spread, and mm, okay. So this is this is interesting. So what does this reveal? Aberrations, celestials, dragons, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. Do I have to choose one of those? No, you can sense whether they are there or not. Give me a moment. Okay. So you had to choose. Oh, I'm misremembering. Uh, Nope, doesn't say. You don't have to choose. You can just sense whether they are there or not. I need to check something before I give you an answer on that. That's Uh, fine. For one thing, definitely the presence of an aberration pings up. But there might be a couple of other things I need to check. First. What it would look like to the two of you is he's just sort of kneeling down on the floor and pressing one hand to the ground, eyes closed. Nope, don't worry, that's, that doesn't count as one of those. So. Um, you can also sense that somewhere there is... You also get a strange sense of there being the undead, but you can't pinpoint where those are. But okay. it's very yeah. strong. Oh. Very strong. There's a very strong sense of the undead being present somewhere within a mile of you, but every time you try to search for them, you can't get a pin. It's, it's almost overpowering your sense of the, uh, of the uh, aberration. But you are able to sense it, and... Heading into the uh, into the sewers, it helps you pay attention to the little signs you've come to expect. All right, I uh, say to the other two, "Okay, I'm fairly certain it's down here, mm-hmm. but I'm also getting I'm getting a distinct feeling that there's uh, undead down here as well, so let's keep on, on our toes, right? Oh god, it killed people and their bodies weren't necessarily dealt with, as it were. It's a distinct it? possibility. Yeah, how many people did she say it, it killed? Two lots of teams. Oh, that could be loads. Teams meaning how many? Don't know. I assumed it had eaten them, but I suppose it's only one creature, isn't it? You work your way through the tunnels. Yours. Can we stealth, please? Yes, yes. I'd like some stealth. Oh, yeah. Dear God, let's stealth. Oh, I hate all of my dice today. I'm having oh. one of those days. Maybe this one. Unnatural twenty. Oh, that's really good. Um, that's. A uh, twenty-one, which is mental for Celestia. <laughs> Twelve. Oh, we're in the dark, so I assume outfit doesn't apply. Outfit does not apply. Okay, cool. hey. You are actually—it is actually too dark. Uh, pr- well, uh, I guess if you put one of the dancing lights directly next to you, it probably count. 
but so long as you don't yeah so long as you keep them uh so long as you don't highlight yourself with them <laughs> then you're i mean that's not the plan yeah, i yeah. would probably put one next to cause and leave it at that yeah. to be honest because me and scamp are kind of fine yeah yeah so no you're yes you're it is actually too dark for the flashiness yeah of your i'll just have one like out. float around sort of like next to Corzin's head so it's not like in his eyes yeah, but yeah. it's like lighting his way ahead yeah okay so the three of you make your way forwards uh the there is a constant run of water uh which goes higher and lower and every now and again there's like a little as the water level rises for, for like just just by a couple of inches and then lowers as some distant, <laughs> distant blockage uh, is undone momentarily. Um, these being more storm drains than sewers, as always, there's surprisingly little shit. Uh, hey. yeah. uh, but it, but you still wouldn't want to necessarily, you know, take a bath in this stuff. Um, Causing you were tracking the uh, through the tunnels, you begin to see the telltale signs of scratching on the brickwork. Uh, places where something has brushed against it and left scores in the uh, in the masonry, just by virtue of its size. Something that can fit through these t- tunnels. Uh, I'm going to say because of their size, you could maybe because and because none of you are like particularly big, or at least you know, no two of you are particularly big. You two of you could walk abreast in mm. this in okay. this tunnel. I do point this out to the others. I want to see here. It's, that's got to have been it. It's yeah. got to have passed through here. And you do actually find a small flake of chitin where it's actually brushed off as well. Okay. Right. Okay. Do you think it's nearby? Like, can, can, can you tell? Not to any degree of accuracy, but if it's come down this way, then we'd best be on our guard. Weapons As out. you're reaching the end of, uh, you've got about one minute of primeval awareness per. It can't hang minute. from the ceiling, can it? Uh, not to it? your. Uh, no, it's it's not built for that. Uh, okay. It could uh, the only way it could get up to the ceiling were if it was in a completely flooded area and it just slammed right. to okay. the ceiling. It just doesn't. Thought I'd no, it doesn't have. That. It doesn't have the kind of. Uh, feet that would allow it to grip like that. Alright. Mm. Yeah. I would like to cast Mage Armor, please. Huzzah! Down. <laughs> yes. You do. I remembered so. before a fight. Okay, for the next eight hours, you are armored uh, with, your, with your horn like uh, strength across your skin. Okay, Celestia. Um, the the journey takes about five minutes, but by the by the time the primeval awareness wears out after a minute. By the way, during that whole minute, the sense of undead uh, of undead did not we- waver or vary in the slightest. It remained constant right. throughout. Um, you by that point, you've already found the trail. Um, moving forwards, it takes about five minutes to get where you need to go. Celestia, with the furthest vision, because you, you know, you've got 120 feet of dark vision, you feel, because you can sense the shape of things, this uh, tube starts to broaden, uh, abruptly broadens out into what you can sense will be, is just the edge of a chamber, uh, sort of a large chamber uh, of some sort. But 
there you can sense there is a large, a kind of a large barricade or high mound um, that uh, sort of a crude wall. You can't quite tell what materials, maybe rubble or something. Mm. Um, not without any light. You can just sense that there that it is an, uh, an uneven, rough construction. Um, the roof of the central of this chamber that it's going to that much of which and this is right on the edge of your senses you so unless you go further forwards you can't map out the whole area mm-hmm. uh seems to be maybe 30 foot high actually no that's far too high for this uh, for this uh, uh, shallow underground no this would be um this would be 15 foot high at the absolute most mm. and the rubble barricade is about 12 foot high uh, there is a gap in the uh, t- sort of in the barricade uh, in the rubble barricade, so it's almost like there's two two walls of rubble, uh, one long one and one short one, and the entryway is off center from the uh, uh, through the, through the barricade from the way that the tunnel goes into this chamber. I turn to the other two, sort of put a hand out to get them to stop and go. Um, I know you two can't see it, but there's some sort of barricade up ahead, like a made of sort of rubble there's an entrance yeah. you also can't see past the barricade because uh, dark vision is blocked by stone yeah does this thing use sight or sound or smell as far as I can tell it has eyes yeah from what you were aware causing uh, it possesses dark vision similar to, uh, of a mechanic similar to that of Celestia and Scamp Right. Is it um is it clever enough to barricade itself in a tunnel? Yes. Hmm. Potentially. We could make a little illusion, see if it attacks it. Just keep. That's that not a bad idea, on. actually. Like a little helpless bunny rabbit or something. <clears throat> That's a great idea. Okay. Um, you or me? What do you want? Uh, well, you need to keep working on the lights, don't you? True, actually. Yes. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind doing the bunny, that'd be lovely. So you've currently got one light up that you can one. get up to four. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Well, we don't really need any more right now. I'm kind of no. trying to keep it low-key. Yeah. Just remember, it's an action to summon the other three. Yes. Does it look like it's been caved in or or does it look like it's been deliberately piled up I'm going to say I'm asking Ce- Celestia yeah that, I was going to say yeah. Celestia because it's it's right at the edge of your dark vision uh, and this would be easier to tell with light I'm going to ask you to make a perception check at disadvantage okay cool oh shit um, that's like a six <laughs> can't tell you'd need light Honestly, not sure. It's a bit far away. I can only just see that it's there. So let's get a little bit closer. Yeah, I think we can afford to get a bit closer. See what happens. Yeah. Right, you are. Uh, How close do you want to get before you do something? 
Maybe just... 30 feet is the range, so... Okay. I'm guessing 30, 30 feet. feet it is. Okay, you slide, you, yeah. you know, I'm keeping your stealth checks from before. You stealth your way forwards, just you know, masking your movement with the rush of water, you know, the slow trickle of water and other substances uh, through the sewage. Yeah, I'm going to put the dancing light down a little bit so it's like close to the floor yeah. and like it wouldn't shine over the top of the yep. barricade, hopefully, anyway. You get a lovely purple-tinted view of the series contents. Uh, oh, so nice. <laughs> but, yeah, are you pushing... So you get within 30 feet. Are you pushing the, the light up towards the barricade to take a closer look? No. Okay, you're just... Keep it by causing. Keep it by causing. Cool. All right. So you get within 30 feet. Can we see it any better from here? Uh... The dancing light, I believe, and I'll stop. Oh, I, I've got it. Uh, ranges. Dim light in a ten-foot radius. Okay, cool. So, not uh, really. I, yeah, not really. It's like you can you you can now clearly see it in your dark vision, but again, you need light to know for sure whether this thing has is more of a collapse or a, or or a construction. Yeah. I put a little bunny rabbit on top with minor illusion. Illusion. Okay, the weirdly, um, because dark vision is actually deceived by uh, illusion, illusion spells. Mm. You feel you feel the outline of a bunny rabbit appear on top of the uh, of, of the barricade. It hops and merrily jiggles around. No immediate response. Okay. Okay. Should we should we go forwards a bit? Yeah, I'll do it again a bit further down. I guess if we think there's likely to be something. Should we go up to the barricade and try and do it there? Yeah. Might as well. Also, then we can get a good look at it. See what we think it is. True. Yeah. Uh, are we close enough within the thirty feet now that the light from the no, um, you'd need to right. push the, one of the the dancing light up within ten feet of it. Because oh, right. it only sheds ten feet of like candlelight sort of. Okay, light. I'm gonna make another one and put it near the okay. barricade, behind right. the barricade, hopefully, so it won't go over the top. If okay, yeah, you and I'm gonna keep the one by course. Low down. Uh... <laughs> now that somebody else was there, because I was too. <laughs> uh, there's an interesting restriction on dancing lights. Uh, every light you create within the, with this spell must be within twenty feet of another light created by the spell. Mm. I'm sure that's alright though, because we're quite near the barricade. Now, You're 30 feet away, so yeah, basically you have to put the one next to Causin 10 feet forwards and then put one 20 feet Yeah, that's forward. fine, I can do that. Yeah, so yeah. Causin, you're kind of now front loaded a bit. But, okay, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, looking at it, yeah, now now that the it's much more clearly illuminated by the purple light, this barricade appears to be constructed of uh, sewer bricks, heavy, uh, and bits of what looks to have been freshly unearthed or mined just chunks of rock and dirt. Uh, this was definitely built from the ground up rather than collapsing down. But you can look up. You can now see the, the ceiling above it uh, of this chamber is intact. This was more okay. of a uh, this was more of a, of a collapse down than a, a, a more of a build up than a collapse down. Okay, slightly weird question then. Mm-hmm. Does it look like a humanoid built this? Make an investigation check. Okay. 
12? Looking at it, there's no hint of anything like proper mortaring or so on. This is essentially, you could conceivably some, see something like the, the chul with the size of it, the pincers it has, you know, tearing uh, bricks out of a wall and uh, breaking off stone and, and dirt. It's and, all just sort of plonking Yeah, on top and then of just plonking other. it carefully on top of it, uh, of it so that it formed, so that just by sheer dint of mass, it forms a stable barricade. Mm. I mean, you right. like theoretically stable you know if you put the powder keg on that you'd probably blow it over mm. um but that's up to you as to whether you'd want to all right um uh. does it look climbable like is there a gap at the top if i were to climb it there is a gap at the top but you'd need an acrobatics check not to I've get i've got stuck. a climbers kit no no it's to do with the size of the gap it is a narrow gap at the top oh i don't want to go through it i just want to take a look Oh, you can get. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Give me. Uh, yeah, give me an uh, athletics check with advantage, just to peek over. Suddenly, we end up spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's like my worst yeah. nightmare in real life. Oh. Mm. Two nines. That's hilarious. Okay, um, so that would be an eleven. It's okay. A couple, or you're about halfway up when a bit of the barra of the rubble seems to just kind of slip. I need you to make a deck safe, please. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a 16. Okay, you catch yourself and a brick sort of almost lands on Corsin. <laughs> Watch it! Sorry! Um, but you clamber up the rest of the way with the aid of the pythons. Okay, peering over the edge, and there's, yeah, there's like a foot clearance at the top, so it would be a tight squeeze. You can see a bit more of the rest of this chamber. This was, uh, this looks to have been originally a, uh, and it still is uh, functionally, a circular chamber where four um, sewer sort of uh, sewer uh, and storm drain tunnels met. Uh, you can see that the that it's designed uh, that there's a definite sense of flow. Or if you guys have entered, let's say you guys have entered from the south going north. Uh, you can see that there is a definite sense of flow uh, going to the west, like it, you know, it kind of goes at right angles, uh, is the flow of water. Okay. The reason for this is because you can see that uh, the north exit is blocked. Uh, in the same manner? In the same manner, and I'll get to exactly how in a moment. Uh, there, is an, there is an east exit as well, but that one appears to be shot with uh, what looks like an uh, an old iron portcullis or, or like sort of sl- you know, sla- uh, slatted gate uh, mm. that would need uh, that uh, it's kind of hard to tell from here with dark vision whether or not it you'd need a key or anything to get through or if it's simply so, sorry where's the gate so we have a barricade <coughs> and then so, way ahead another barricade yeah so so you've got the the circular room in total probably forty foot in re- in diameter. So uh, if, if from the entryway at the bottom, it's five foot to the barricade, the barricade is five foot thick, then you've got a bit of space, uh, some more stuff in the north of the room, which I'll mention in a moment. There were four exits, one to the south, which is the one you came through, one to the north, which is completely blocked up, one to the east, which has a gate, uh, sort of you know, uh, portcullis style grill down over it, and one to the west, which is open, and that's where all of the water is sort of, and sewage is flowing through. Um, to the north, you can just make out that the north passageway has been completely blocked with rubble. 
Uh, and another couple of barricades have been set up immediately in front of it with a sort of entryway in between the two where there's a, like there's a gap in the barricade. Uh, and it's hard to make out, but it looks like a set, like a big crate has been set up right in front of the North Passageway on a mound of dirt. Uh, without light... I'm going to say perception check with disadvantage, please. Okay. God, I'm From so... just Celestia? From just Celestia, because... I'm you're the only one at the top, you're I think, the top. I? Yeah. For fuck's sake, that's a one. You can't make <laughs> out what's in... No, one. you cannot make out what is in that crate at all. You'd need light on it. Uh, I'll mention, yeah, climbing over the barricade is not is not the only way to get through. As I mentioned, there is a hole in the barricade you're currently looking over off towards your right mm. as well. Okay. Um, I re- I'm not going to change yeah. anything of this information, so I'm just going to say for time I relay it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a trap. That thing's been busy. It really has, by the looks of things. It made a death box. I mean, illusions aren't really a bad way to go. Could we make loads of noise or something and try and get it to come out and then take pot shots at it from through this gap? Assuming it comes through that direction, not behind us. Were there any other um, pathways off that it could have doubled back around behind us? I mean... Uh, to find that out, I'm going to need, I guess I'll call it an investigation check if you guys want to search the surrounding sewer passages. Yeah, why not? Wanna, I don't if think you it's a bad go back on yourself We and do not want to be snuck up on. Yeah. You're the most investigative, aren't you? Me? Yeah. Sorry, I realise I said yeah, you yeah. into the microphone, not looking at yeah. either of you. <laughs> it happens if, all the time. If plus one is better <laughs> than yours... Um... No, mine's better, only narrowly. It's plus two. Um, yeah. You're the most intelligent How? Person, how is that the best that we... Oh, fuck's we sake. are not smart! So, I guess you guys are assisting me, are you? Yeah, no one so, no, has proficiency yeah. in this. Cool. Okay, so all three of you are leaving where the barricade is and searching backwards through the tunnel. Yes. Yeah. I'll have the lights follow us. Yeah. Um, so that is a 17. Okay. Uh... You spend ten minutes searching the surrounding side passageways, and there are side passageways that go off as well to other places. Uh, there does not, uh, and there's only one way actually you can find that goes back to this junction. Um, and you, f- following it, you find that there is a route, a slightly complex route you can take through to the eastern passageway with the portcullis. Mm. Uh, so you could, so you could. There is an alternate way to approach the room via that uh, passageway. Mm. All right. And uh, yeah, since you found it, I'm going to say yeah, you can you can see now quite clearly. Uh, you know, you can't see any more of the room than you've already seen uh, from from this new angle, but you can see that this gate has a winch, uh, although the winch is currently padlocked, mm-hmm. uh, but could be used to lift the gate up. Uh, for ease of passage. So it opens from this side? It opens from, yes, it opens from the side you guys are approaching from. And it doesn't look like it's been opened. Uh, the padlock is still on it. So it does I not appear to, to be I mean, it So um, it doesn't look like the thing has opened this. So it can't be in this. Do you want me to this. try and open it? Try the key that we yeah. were given first. 
Okay. Isn't the key just for the house? We don't know. Okay. Uh, you try the key in the lock. No, uh, the key that that one's for the house. This this appears to uh, either they have a separate key for that and didn't think you'd need it, or this was installed presumably by the city municipal municipal services. Hmm. Well, yes, Gamp. I mean, do you want to try with your tools? There's no harm, I guess. Mm. Ooh, not great. Uh, Fourteen. It's enough. This is a fairly simple padlock uh, with a bit of a. You manage to get the lock open, take the padlock off, and it's a simple matter of turning the winch to raise the uh, portcullis. Hmm. There's also to... there's also a ratchet that will allow you to set it so that it stays open. Mm. Um, how dense is this portcullis? Like, could we shoot through it? Ah, uh, it's got some pretty wide gaps. Yeah, it's it's made of, you know, old iron. It's a bit rusty. Uh, but it's wide enough that you guys would have, I mean, functionally against a melee opponent. Uh, I mean, if you stood right next to it, you'd have half cover. But yeah, like, you know, it, it would it would only con- uh, provide half cover against a ranged opponent. But a melee opponent obviously wouldn't be able to get through it unless they were able to raise the portcullis in some way mm. or otherwise get past it. Uh, so yes, the, the the holes are wide enough for you to shoot through, but I would say that you guys need to be standing within ten feet of it to you know aim your shots properly without disadvantage. Within ten feet of the port. Of the portcullis, you don't need to be standing right next to it, but you need to be standing close enough. You, you can't can... go too far back, but if we were yeah. close to it, we'd have half cover. Uh, I mean, to be honest, if you were right, ne- if you were standing ten feet away from it, this thing only has melee attacks. So it would be completely unable to reach you mm. without getting through the portcullis in some way. Okay. Um, I mean, is it is it worth us just chucking a grenade in there and seeing if it comes out? This isn't a bad position we're in. If we do that, we could scare it off. Mm, true, <laughs> but it seems to want people to get stuck in here, doesn't it? I mean, that crate looks like a trap, doesn't it? If you want noise, there are probably more appealing noises than explosions. True, like some little trapped animal or poor person it could eat or something. Yeah, that's that's less dark than what I was thinking. Let's go with that. What were you thinking? <laughs> Crying baby. Was it even you are fucked up today. Are you okay? I don't know. You've been really weird all afternoon. Is there, is there anything going on? Like, Do you need to talk about anything? We might have killed a lot of people quite recently. I think it's a little bit in my head. Okay. Um, probably not the time to have a therapy session, you know, in a, in a sewage tunnel when we're about to kill a giant crab. No. But maybe we can go to the pub later and, um, you know, ha- have, have a chat. I don't know. Some Maybe... While they're Let's doing, kill the giant crab first. Okay. While they're doing this, Corson is going to be searching around for a small stone or a pebble on the ground. Uh, it's easy enough to find, uh, well, essentially like, like a quarter brick. <laughs> right. Okay, so the portcullis is currently closed, right? Yes. Right. He's going to reach through the holes in the portcullis mm-hmm. and attempt to um, uh, lob the stone so it um, impacts the uh, the crate in the middle. 
Okay, uh, the crate isn't in the middle. It's right on the northern end, uh, <coughs> behind the barrier. So the barrier, uh, the north barrier, is actually blocking your view of the crate right now. Oh, right. You'd have oh, to, okay. you'd have to enter into the centre of the room to see the crate. So it's like a little triangle. So there's, yeah, a, there's a, little a barrier tri- on the northern gate, and then yep. there are two barriers, like yeah. also in a triangle, and then, and then the there's the crate that, in the middle. Okay, cool. I've I've been drawing that yep. wrong. Right. So yeah, the crate right, can only the be pebble, yeah. just in case. Yeah. Mm, um. I mean, as fucked up as it was, a crying baby would do it. It might work, I don't know. Scamp, do you want to... Is this, is, is this where we want to be for this fight? I think it's a Can pretty good place. Up? It's where we want to be right now. If, if the thing's smart enough not to fall for your, um, uh, your illusion, then we're going to have to go in. Yeah. And I recommend, if we do that, that one person stays here... And keeps uh, a hand on that portcullis. Because if we have to get out of there sharpish, we want to bring it down as quickly as possible so that uh, whatever's following us can't. Mm, you have a point there, actually. This is a good exit route, if nothing else. Okay, so should we attempt and draw it out? Yeah, let's go for it. Right. Corson takes his uh, carbine off his shoulder. Okay. So you're going to create the sound of a, of a wailing baby. Yeah, in the centre of the room. Okay, so this is an intelligence investigation check against your spell save DC to perceive whether or not this is legitimate, a legitimate effect. And this, dear listeners, is why this podcast is rated 15+. plus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also the swearing. Yes. So, so much, much fucking swearing. swearing. So much swearing. Okay. I'm so bad for that. I love swearing. I make no what apology. What is your spell save DC? Uh, I believe it's 15. Natural 19, Ugh. minus 3, 16. Oh, it's oh. yeah. It had a ten, uh, only a ten percent chance. Oh no, fifteen percent chance to actually notice this. But you set off the screaming, and this we hit. There's just about 10, 15 seconds of this wailing uh, baby before it, you kind of twig. No, apparently that's not an. It, this thing is canny. I say to Scamp in the sewage tunnel while this wailing baby is happening. Well, um, if we weren't all traumatized before, we are now. So, um, that's so either it didn't hear, or it did hear and knows it's not real, which would be worrying in terms of intelligence. It wouldn't be beyond it. But it still then knows something's here, which it might want to come and investigate. Should we wait a bit and see if it comes out? Let's hide and wait a bit. Hmm. All right. Let, yeah. I'm in, I mean, watch both directions. I'm inclined to agree. Okay. Uh, so you guys are hiding in this tunnel. Can I have new yeah. stealth checks, please? Because you're in a new location. Yeah. Oh God, it's terrible. Eleven. Fifteen. Ten. Oh dear. 
Celestia trips over a rock and goes, Ow, shit, balls, fuck. <laughs> okay. Causin. Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, no, Causin, you're the only one with a passive perception. Aren't we kind of actively looking? You're actively looking, yeah. Actively can I can I ask you all to make a perception check? Causin yeah. with disadvantage yeah. because of the because of the darkness. Disadvantage. Oh, causin yeah, causin's yeah. uh, yeah. the only one with disadvantage. <laughs> that would be a three from me. <laughs> I'm too busy Nine. nursing my oh. stubbed toe that I've just made with my bad stealth check. Um, so That is uh, an 11 and a natural 20. which means oh. oh, that's so upsetting when that happens, uh, isn't it? Is that a natural 11 or a total 11 total? Total. Oh, we should have gone with passive. But we were actively looking. No, we were. It makes okay. sense. Okay. Uh, nope. You can't spot it. Fuck. <laughs> uh, whether it, it does not... Like, you guys wait five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. This thing is patient. Shall I try another noise or another illusion? I mean, why not? I suppose. We don't know it heard. Yeah, why not? Go for it. I mean, probably something different because we can't imagine it's stupid enough to fall for the same thing twice. Let's go for a laughing child. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's somehow worse. I don't know. Herod Nair's tits. There was something wrong with you, child. We need to have a talk later. Okay. Right. Um, DC 15, right? Is that feels safe? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it had advantage on this, but only rolled a 17 uh, this time. Because <laughs> it is the same twick trick twice. Mm. Yes. But it seems after you just you just it seems see, to think no one would be that stupid. So. Um, <laughs> or that this was the original source of the illusion. Mm. There's just a moment where you can just make out rising uh, out of what appears to just be the ground uh, towards the east, sorry, the western edge of the uh, tunnel uh, of the of the central area. So right in front of the open tunnel, you can see a s- smooth, bulbous, chitinous head mm. with two sort of black eye spots. Uh, rise just up the surface and sort of peer around for a moment. Seems to clock the three of you and then sinks back under. Shit. And it re- and you realise the uh, although it looks like it's solid flooring in the central chamber because of that's where the water level is. It must have dug a pit that it could hide oh, inside. So clever. And it suddenly occurs to you, this is probably the source of all the material for the barricades. Oh, the big fuck-off hole. Yeah. yeah. Didn't really think about where it came from. <laughs> no, me neither. I didn't. I just assumed that it had been nicking bits off the walls and stuff. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so this so is water. Can we you. still see it? Uh, you know where it is, but... Okay, I'm going to make a hide check for it. Uh, with advantage, because it is a prepared hiding place to see whether it's got its line of sight. Um, okay. Um, I mean, you can make a new perception check to see if you can spot it, but, like, you know, you saw the point where it sunk into, but you can't mm. see it from your present location. It's, okay. It's hidden by the water. 
So you you remember, yeah, you, you clearly saw where it popped up, and then it sunk back under. But for the purposes of a spell for a creature you can see, it won't work. No, because you don't know its present location. Okay. You can yeah. guess, but you don't know for certain. Um, I turned to the other two. Uh, do, have we realised it's seen us? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. It seemed to clock the three of you when it appeared. I turned to the other two and I go, is it worth me lighting this whole place up? I mean, I think it's seen us. Yeah. We could, I could put some lights in the water so we could see where it is. Fair shout. I'll okay. cover you. Yeah, I'm going to um, put two lights because it's only 40 foot across. So if we're standing at the barricade, it should be fine to do yeah. this. Um, so I've still got the two lights near us. I'm also going to put one in the centre of the room, like above the water, yeah. and one in the water. Okay. I'm ready in action that if anything comes out of the water um, during this whole process, Corson okay. uh, is going to shoot at it. Alright, as you flick the two lights into existence, uh, clearly, now somewhat, not clearly, but somewhat illuminating the centre of the room, and the purple light below, you can see the whole of the bot of the of the center of the chamber has been hollowed out into wow. a pit to make the barricades this was uh, anyone who tried to move into the center would have found themselves tr- suddenly treading water but it's enough to illuminate the four figure of the chul uh, and you can see it's almost it's sort of uh, an elongated crab like figure with four long lower legs uh, scaled sort of tail uh, 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 thinned tail uh, two, a bulbous head on a thick neck two massive pincers about the size uh, uh, and uh, a just a massive tentacles coming from its maw uh, the whole thing is yeah it's about the size of a riding horse and now that you've made it Causing you get an action, you get your attack off immediately because, I mean, you've ready an action. No, you've read an action. You get your attack immediately. Uh, right. So make an attack roll, please. Come on. And then after that, everyone roll initiative. Nine. It's mm. the shot crashes into the water, but it's it was already like ten feet under the surface and the uh, the water adds enough resistance that when the bullet finally hits its shell it just bounces off okay everyone roll initiative please Ooh. it's not terrible for me 11 17 14 okay uh, so 11 17 for scamp was that yeah okay Celestia 14 and Corzin 11 and I'll roll for the Chul. Okay. Good word, Chul. Mm. Okay, uh, the Chul is, you can see, is getting ready to spurt forwards uh, from underneath the water. Uh, but it's still, you know, it's not ready, it's not moving yet. So, Scamp, you go first. I will cast. A phantasmal force. Okay, uh, quick Ooh, question. Cool. So, if it's within sixty feet of me, uh, what are you, it is within sixty feet of you. Uh, it's about thirty feet away from the portcullis. Uh, so, how are you guys arranged? Because there's only space for two of you to stand abreast in this portcullis. 
uh, like in the in the corridor uh, in the in the uh, tunnel with the portcullis. Mm. So uh, who is, is is there? Are you like in a line? Are there two of you at the front, one at the back, one in the front, two at the back? Um, How do you want to position yourself? Because causing I... has to be within ten feet of it to have shot through. Yeah, I imagine actually I, I would be right up against it and would have shot through the grate. Okay. In my head, I think I'd have moved up to it to look at where to put the light. Okay, so because I think that would make I'll sense. I'll be behind Corzin because I can see over his head. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, so Corzin and Celestia, you are sort of ten oh, feet. Oh, we could all stand in a line yeah. in front of each other Ooh. and still see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, party so much. You Someone are... please fan art this, please. <laughs> Corzin and Celestia, so you're standing ten foot back from the portcullis, so you can shoot and see through. Yeah. Scamp, you are standing behind Corzin. Okay, so Scamp, you cast Phantasmal Force. Which is uh, a particularly satisfying spell to use against a creature which, while it is not animal intelligence, is still quite low intelligence. Uh, okay. P, 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 P. P for Phantasmal, not for Prismatic Sphere. That's not what I want. Uh, okay, so this is an intelligence saving throw. <laughs> that would be a 10, so no. <laughs> I think lovely. Okay, so the tool is currently uh, phantasmaled, uh, and as discussed yeah. last time, that means each round uh, you do d6 damage to it, uh, psychic damage to it, until it finally manages to take an action to realise that the phantasm is not real. And I'm going to make it appear like a small child giggling. Oh, and presumably just hitting it with its with this small child's fists. Okay. Uh, with massive claws. Okay. Why not? Yep, small That's child. Distressing. Massive claws. <laughs> okay. So upsetting. That's horrible. Uh, <laughs> Half right. a child. So it's 1d6 on its turn. Uh, okay, so that makes it Celestia next. Okay, uh, I'm going to will my gun out of my holster with an unnecessary flourish, as ever. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to try and take a shot at it. Okay, go for it. Uh, I'm using my new gun. You're using with a new gun. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm going to say, yeah, close enough to you don't need to worry about disadvantage. Yeah, I don't think so, because it's... Um, it's within 30 feet. Yeah, it's 8320, the, the new ones I've got. 8320 is the musket. No, that's a musket. What's the... 3090. 3090. Sorry, I'm getting my my new weapons mixed up. Okay, so that is a 14. Uh, Not incredible. The bullet strikes and uh, hits... Yeah, passes passes through the water, slaying it, and just bounces off the armour. This thing is thickly carapaced. Okay. I'm gonna, and uh, as my bonus action, mm-hmm. I am going to turn to the others, stick my leg up on a bit of the barricade, lean on it, blow the smoke off my gun, and go, "We got this, guys!" and give them a wink. And I'm gonna give myself a wondrous appearance okay. and use my mantle your, of inspiration on the, 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 the portcullis. Yeah, and, and um, stylishly blow the smoke away, and you feel <sighs> fantastic and get five temporary hit points because I look so fucking good right now. <laughs> uh, Corzin, you see the rainbow spirit briefly uh, take on the form of a uh, of a rainbow cloak uh, spinning, by, uh, flailing, uh, uh, 
flailing? What's the word I want to go? Fluttering behind. <laughs> fluttering is more of yeah, a word fluttering than flailing. Behind, <laughs> flailing uh, is Celestia. a different thing. <laughs> uh, and for a very brief moment, Scamp, you can see this too before it fades. No way! Oh my god. Oh. Mm. That's uh, cool. Okay, mm. so. Uh, I'm imagining appearance. like Doctor Strange's cloak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. Love that. Okay, cause it. Alright. Unless you want to move at all, Celestia. I'm happy where I am, thank you. Is it still beneath the water? Yeah, it's it's making its way forwards, but it's after you on its turn. Alright. Uh, I am going to try and reload my carbine and fire again. Okay, yep. You do. Roll your attack roll. Oh, that's much better. That's a 22. That hits! Roll damage. Alright. That is nine percussive. Nice. Okay. Uh, for one of the shots finally cracks the chitin. Um, and just a little bit of, uh, of bluish blood escapes. Okay. Ha! Huh. I should have paid attention to this. None of... Uh, okay, that is an interesting thing. Okay, I should have noticed this with the earlier uh, minor illusions, but this does come into effect with the... Uh, with the phantasmal force. Okay, so the first of all, the shul, the chul takes one d six psychic damage. If you'd like to roll that uh, um, scamp. Oh, six. Nice. Okay. Uh, you can just faintly see. Uh, you and no one else can just faintly see the outline of this uh, clawed child uh, tearing uh, tearing at the chul's. Uh, 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 the chul's flesh you know, leaving deep gouges that only it can see. Make an insight check, uh, Scamp. Okay. Four! <laughs> okay, nope, you don't notice anything interesting. The chul uh, resolutely ignores the child and charges straight for the three of you until it hits the portcullis. It sticks, it, it takes its two pincers, sticks them under the portcullis, and heaves. Ooh. It's going to make an athletics check to lift the portcullis. That was cocked. Slowly but surely, Shit. It, uh, it lifts the portcullis up. That's its action for this turn. It's just holding the portcullis up. Uh, can't move any further forwards until next turn. Okay. Uh, Scamp, you're up first. Okay. Um, I will give a chromatic orb a go. And let's Tides of Chaos it. Oh, nice. okay. Tides time. Hey. <laughs> To give myself advantage, I'm gonna do this at second level. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm glad I've got the advantage. That's a 19. <laughs> that does hit. Roll damage. What uh, what's uh, damage type do you use? Um, let's have a think. Let's not be too loud. Um, so I will go for cold damage. Okay. Mm. Uh, an icy uh, orb uh, flickers forth from the diamond ring uh, and strikes the chitin, leaving uh, sort of crack marks all over it uh, as it's suddenly uh, deep frozen. 
Huh, interesting. Okay. 18, 22. Ooh, nice. nice, mate. Two fours, two sevens. Nice. Good roll. You can see it's one, it's, uh, one of its pincers suddenly begins to jerk erratically as if reacting to the cold, but still fighting. Mm. This thing takes a lot of punishment. Mm. Okay, uh, that make unless you want to move, uh, that or take a bonus action, that makes it Celestia's go. I'll back up very slightly. Okay. Uh, how many feet? Huh. Um, how far from it? You are currently I? fifteen feet. Um, yeah, fifteen feet from it. I'll go ten, no, five feet. Five. Okay, feet. you're now twenty feet from it. All right. <clears throat> the uh, that makes it Celestia's go. Okay, I'm gonna look at it in its. Does it have eyes? It has two black eye spots either side. I'm going to look in one of its eye spots because I assume I can look in one of them at one time. And I'm going (laughs) to raise a finger to my lips and I'm going to go shh. And I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers. Okay. And see if it works. Uh, So it's a wisdom save. Wisdom saving throw. Four. Hey! Okay. (laughs) So, um... It takes 3d6 psychic damage mm-hmm. and uh, must immediately use its reaction, uh, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from us. Nice. Oh, nice. Gosh, it's a bollocks roll. I mean, it's not too bad a roll. Eight, nine, it's, it's nine damage. Okay, that still makes and it a takes all of difference. It because, yeah. uh, so that's 56. Okay, it's its head twitches suddenly and it pulls back the portcullis dropping shut in front of it as it moves 30 feet back into the water nice that was a very good use of dissonant whispers very oh, yeah. Yeah. See, first time it's worked <coughs> so uh, <laughs> everybody else is saved <laughs> okay this is going to be it's going to do something different than this time uh, okay so uh, causing Right, well, this changes slightly what I was planning to do. Um, he is going to um, shoulder the um, the carbine and off his other shoulder take the blunderbuss. <laughs> yes. Um, he is going to uh, put um, regular shot, like yep, one got regular slug shot. Slug into it. Yep. And I believe that means that it's just uh, this. Uh, the yeah. it, it's thirty feet, uh, kind of forty feet away from you right now. So it'd be with disadvantage because it's twenty oh, feet okay. without disadvantage, unless you want to hold, unless you want to hold the uh, shot until it comes within twenty. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Okay, you ready the blunderbuss and wait. And, uh, yeah, he's there. Going, come on, come on. Okay. Uh, and it very obligingly, well, takes 1d6 psychic damage. Is it within hmm? five feet of the illusion? Because if it's not, it stops taking the damage. Oh. Um, it can move out of the range of it. Oh, I didn't realise it could. forward, but it moved back. Uh, I guess it, it did, yeah, because it yeah. moved its full f- f- speed forward, then moved its hot full speed back. <laughs> Into the other. 
horrible, so creepy illusion that we've made. So yes, it's back in it's back in psychic damage range. I didn't realise uh, you could leave the range of that, or uh, yeah. or I would have done that with this. Okay, so this is. Uh, but previously, they thought it was a creature attacking them, so moving away would give an attack of opportunity. So okay, we'll say that. Yeah, for people to attack the illusion. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I guess it does. Um, yeah, it's really annoying because it automatically knows this is an illusion. Oh, does yeah. it? Yeah, I'm not honestly sure. Oh, if it knows, it ends, doesn't it? Okay, then yeah, no, it ignores the effect because it, it know. Uh, does it know it's an illusion? No, no, because the strict wording of its special ability, which which Corson didn't rely enough to know about, means that it knows it's magic, doesn't necessarily know it's an illusion. Could be a ah, summoned. Ah, okay. Yeah, it could be a summoned child. Summoned demon child. <laughs> Roll a d6. Four. Nice. Right. Yeah. Better on these this time. Okay, the summoned, supposedly summoned demon child sinks its claws into it. Okay, the Chul uh, obligingly runs within 20 feet of the blunderbuss. <laughs> Make your attack roll. <laughs> As it charges back forwards. Okay, there's uh, 25 to hit. That does nice. hit. Roll, roll damage. Thank God that hits. Okay, Can you imagine? 3d6. <laughs> yep. 3d6 percussive. 12 points of damage. <laughs> Crack! It splinters the chitin, leaving a deep hole. Uh, that said, this thing... This thing does not uh, easily acknowledge when it's uh, when it's being injured, in the slightest. Okay, one moment. There's a specific thing I'm looking for here. This is one of those things which, uh, uh, which if I'd been sensible uh, and remembered to, I'd have put on my DM screen. Uh, uh, okay, I'll just do it. Shouts at it after he uh, shoots it. This snack fights back. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this from memory then. Uh, okay. Got it. Okay, it charges forwards and it takes the two, its two pincers, punches them into those into the uh, uh, into the portcullis and attempts to tear. Ooh. Okay, so these are two pincer attacks. Yep, that hits. But that one misses. Okay, so one hit, one miss. It does... Okay, 13 points of damage to the portcullis. Not enough to tear it immediately open. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's tearing the portcullis and it's and there's and it's and the portcullis has actually been torn open in the centre enough that maybe Corzin could pass through, but not quite enough for a tool to pass through. Mm. Right. Um, that is its turn, however. Uh, can't do any more than that right now. Uh, okay, so that makes it Scampska. Okay. Uh, well, I've not done this one before. <laughs> I'm going to cast a Frostbite. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Frostbite. Ooh, this is new. How exciting. So it's a con save. Con save, right? This thing's probably pretty good at. Reasonably, yes. That's a sixteen. Yeah, never mind. Does it have any effect? Um. Is this no, in? No, uh... it's cantrip. Oh, is it a cantrip? Cool. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, then nope. You try and uh, focus in on the ice you've already laid in it and spread that further, but this thing is too enraged, just tearing open uh, this portcullis to oh, care. Balls. Uh, okay, unless you've got a bonus or anything you want to do, uh, I'll move on. No. Okay. No, you are 20 feet from the portcullis and from it. Uh, everyone else yeah. is 10 feet away from it. Celestia. I'm going to look it in its other eye socket and go, no. And cast Dissonant Whispers this time at second level because we're being risky. Okay, so this so is wisdom, wisdom again. Save, yep. nice. Natural one. Yes. <laughs> okay, so back into the, the demon child. And how much damage does it take? Uh, 46, so bear with me. <laughs> oh, that's really good, guys. Uh, that's uh, 12... 17, 19. Excellent. I rolled two sixes and a five. And a two, but, you know, still, most of them were really good. <laughs> oh, this thing is screeching. It's like... I'm imagining the as word no just away. being repeated over yeah, and over again for a couple of seconds. It beats its own head with its claws as it's, <laughs> as it's pulling back, doing some of the damage. <laughs> I like this spell. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is... Oh, and again, it pulls it neatly away from the portcullis, which does have a hole in the middle of it now. Uh, okay. I'm going to turn to, as my, bo- as my bonus action, I'm going to turn to Corzin and go, shoot it in the fucking face, and I'm going to give him inspiration. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Corzin, you're inspired, and it is once again 30 feet away from you. Although the although the blunderbuss does take a turn to, uh, to uh, yeah, it does I'm, take a turn to reload, so. I'm just going to go with the carbine this time. Okay, go for it. Alternating these two would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's another 25. Oh, that hits, nice. roll damage. Uh, a 12 points of damage. Okay. Finish it. <gasps> no way! Had exactly 12 hit points left. Alright. Um, as it is scampering back, sort of thrashing at its um, uh, at its carapace, uh, Corzin lines it up and uh, just as it uh, comes to its senses, he uh, lets fly the... Uh, the slug, it catches it straight through one of its eyes, and you see the um, just a, a, an exit wound at the back of its chitin explode. Yeah, there is a burst of blue in the back of its head, and then it splashes into the water, sending a small wave crashing out from its bulk. Oh. That portcullis was good. It actually yeah. t- it had actually managed to tear it open enough on its next round, it could have reached through and it had enough reach to grab Celestia. Oh, yeah. Which is totally what it was going to do next. Poor Corzin. We, we rolled yeah. just very well, luckily frostbite. on that one. Oh, that was good. Frostbite gives it disadvantage if it bloody works. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, well. The You take a moment. We were so lucky in that fight. Having come out surprisingly ahead, by and large, from yeah, uh, did any of us take fight. damage? I don't think no, no, nothing. You look down at your surprisingly we rolled so well, player. and it rolled really badly on its saves, which helped. Mm. 
<laughs> your clothing, which is... We were lucky we didn't just walk into that room, because we totally could have. Oh my yeah. god, so I was like, <laughs> until we thought of the portcullis cover, like, I was totally going to. The moment you would have stepped through the barricade, you would have, you would have, there was, there was just a water pit there. God, yeah. such a good defense. Which you can though. now see, so I can reveal that. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, this is going to be interesting. The portcullis is now too damaged to raise properly. Ah. Do we need to raise it? I mean, up to you. How you want to go into the room? Uh, if do you we want need to go, to go, go into the room, technically, yeah, it is dead. Uh, up to you whether you want to investigate its lair or not. I can fit through. Let's oh, true. Didn't lay any eggs. Uh, yeah, make a uh, oh, make a, an athletics or acrobatics check, uh, cause. Uh, Athletics is slightly better. Okay. Although not today, it would seem. Uh, that's going to be a 13. Okay, you take two points of damage as you force your way through it, uh, ah! just from the, the jagged bits of metal, but you push the hole a little bit wider. Uh, can I just try blasting it with fire and making the hole bigger? Yeah, I mean, I can just let you do this. You, you, if you want to spend five minutes just repeatedly firebolting it to heat the metal up, and then pushing it, out, and then pushing it open. Uh, then... zero portcullis one. <laughs> <laughs> the portcullis did more damage to you than the chul did. Oh my yeah. god, that's ridiculous. Aww. Can I fit through if she does firebolts on it? Or... I'm going to say that yeah, you take some like, time to so heat time the metal. Use some. Uh, use just some bricks to push it to push the now softened iron aside wait for it to cool you guys aren't in a rush um and after about 20 minutes of work and waiting for it to cool back down or indeed not i guess you can use frostbite uh yeah, yeah. you just uh, you are able to make your way through actually if it's heating and cooling that fast it's gonna shatter that's true uh if i alternate the spells okay and yeah you just shatter it yeah, okay, and it's still taking 10 minutes. You selectively shatter portions of the portcullis. Hmm. This wouldn't necessarily work uh, with a with a solid metal wall, but with this old, rusty portcullis, works well enough. Nice. Okay, uh, Corzin presumably is... Um, what? He knows the pit is there, so can he avoid it? Uh, I mean, there's not really a way of avoiding it, but now that you know it's there, you can just swim instead of falling in. in. Right, okay. So you usually do. Uh, there is a there is a pathway between... So yeah, from here in the centre, there is the floating... There is the body of the chul, uh, which is floating still. There's apparently enough uh, enough left in its swim bladder, or however that works, with chuls, uh, to keep it up on the surface. Uh I mean, I guess you could harvest it for chitin if you have a particular use for that, but otherwise, this is yeah. Okay, um, Corson is going to go after it. Is it just sort of like bobbing on the top? It is of just water? bobbing on the top of the surface. Right. He spits on it. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, more clearly now with the, with the light from the center, you can see in between the sort of triangle barricade to the north, there is a small mound upon which has been placed a large crate. And you can see that in that crate, there are a large number of bottles, about two dozen bottles, and uh, loosely sprinkled over them 
are a lot of silver coins. At least okay. a couple of Can hundred. Can I take a couple of minutes to sit and cast Detect Magic? Okay. Uh, so that's on the crate. Yeah, just just yeah, it's just being sprinkled over. Oh the my god, that's bottles. so bait! Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, this is. <laughs> look at it. It's, I don't need to roll very, an insight. It is very like, obviously human yeah. bait. Mm. I mean, it's, it's an intelligent creature, but it's it's not subtle. <laughs> also, <laughs> it's an intelligent creature that doesn't necessarily think humanoids are intelligent. I get the impression. Yeah. Like it's like he's tra- he's trying to trap humans in the same way you would trap like a rabbit or whatever. Mm. Like he's like, oh, this will this will bring it in, be fine, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, there's uh, looking at it. There's probably at least two hundred silver pieces and uh, twenty four bottles of what? I mean, make a perception check, Cosmo. All right. Uh, that's gonna be a twenty two. Okay, uh, 24 bottles of Orcus Exo Reserve. Nice. A particularly fancy brandy valued at five gold pieces a bottle. We cannot carry that many. I mean, they are in, actually, they're in a small crate. Like, you know, this stuff is good rather than big. Between us, we could. But, yeah. We're going to look super weird carrying it. (laughs) It's, you know. Who's going to be looking? We're in the (laughs) middle of a... Storm drain. <laughs> yeah, then, it's it's just twenty four bottles. Out? It's essentially just like a large crate. Do it bit by bit. We'd have to take it all upstairs in one go, and we could get horribly drunk this evening. Well, um, Captain Brandy did this... instruct us to get drunk. True. Uh, he did true. say that he expected us to. I don't want to let my captain down personally. <laughs> uh, it's mutiny, essentially. But <laughs> serious crime. Oh, if ever you um, even consider mutineering, expect to be shot in the back of the head while you're sleeping. I mean, I don't think he'll even bother to wait till we're sleeping, will he? I mean, he just shot those two that pissed him off the other day. My point being is, he is not going to be a gentleman about it. Hmm. Okay. Whereas he is most of the rest of the time, as you will have probably noticed. Yeah. I'm going to look for magic things. Okay, yeah. I'm going to make sure that there aren't any uh, chewel eggs here. <coughs> Looking, okay, I'm going to help with causing, check. actually. That's, okay, yeah, that's so can, uh, yeah. can, okay, if you're, can I have you an investigation check with advantage then for that, please? Right. Uh, scam. No. 13. Okay, 30. Uh, let me take a look. Okay, there are no uh, there are no tool eggs. You search. You you take so you take a breath. Bring the uh, and with the aid of the of the dancing lights, you're able to search the whole of the bottom of this central bit of the chamber. Yeah, I imagine I leave one by scamp. Yeah, because you haven't have you haven't gone into the north. I'm assuming you haven't gone through the southern barrier or the northern barrier yet. No, um, no, no just no. the middle. But no, searching the whole middle bit, uh, there uh, the whole low bit. There are no tool eggs. Is there any part of the jewel other than maybe it's chitin, which is uh, potentially of value to anyone? Possibly. Uh, I mean, with the nature check you already made, you know that its tentacles do exude a paralyzing spit. So it would be a survival check to try and safely extract the tentacles. And you probably want to see an alchemist about getting that slime preserved. Yep. Mm. Okay, make a make a survival check, please. Ooh, dirty twenty. That's okay. 
You don't need to bend. Why do people not call them dirty twenties? <laughs> we should start doing that. Dirty I think that's much better yeah. than unnatural. Okay, 20. you don't paralyze yourself. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Well, um... that would have been particularly problematic because you know, you know you've you've dragged. The, I'm assuming you've dragged the chul body off to the side so you don't have to tread water. But even so, yeah, it's yeah. floating. But yeah. Uh, okay, you uh, successfully retrieve. <laughs> Roll a d6 for this. Six chul tentacles, uh, all of which seem to be covered in slime. So she right. sort of stands back and wrinkles her nose at um, you and goes, Ugh. Yeah, what do you want to put these in? <laughs> uh, I'm telling each, you right now, darling, I'm. is a foot long. I'm telling you right now, darling, I'm oh. not touching that. No part of me is touching that. Wow. <laughs> I would advise no part of you do touch this. Yeah, you're Although, carefully touching this with your gloves. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you were to cope, for example, your blade in the secretions of this, you've got a very good neurotoxin. Hmm. Nice. Probably get that to an alchemist then, shouldn't we? Yes. Although, are we going to... Do you think... Hmm. Is there room in a crate for this? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you put some of the bottles in your backpack... Uh, yeah, happy to do that. Yeah, I'm going right. to put some bottles in my backpack as well. Okay, you'll need to get to the crate first, which is on the which is in the Northern Triangle. Right, okay. I'm a bit worried about mind... touching the crate. Do I see any magic? You do not see any magic. Sorry, we, uh, we got distracted with tentacle discussions. Uh, there is no <laughs> magic in the area that you can see. Hey, some goods coming from tentacles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no magic. Causing that's, that's, you, you know this is helpful. looking particularly pleased with himself. <laughs> okay. Let's do ten years. What are you fucking smiling about? <clears throat> okay. So, uh, which of you wants to go pick up the crate? Justice. Um. I'll go look at the crate. Okay. Uh, as you make your way uh, up towards the crate, Be you super kind of careful. Okay. Um, okay. Well, uh, one moment. Okay. Uh, there is a moment as you pass through the narrow point between the two barricades, where your foot snags on something. And you can just see how nestled in the barricades uh, there was a selection of what appear to be s- s- uh, spikes carved from human thigh bones, uh, which immediately launch down upon your ah. passing through as you trigger the trap. Okay, uh, the a just sort of a selection of four thigh bone spears. Ram into you, uh, dealing. Do they ram me into all of us? Uh, no, no, no. Into scamp, dealing eleven points of piercing damage and Ooh. restraining you, uh, which would be a lot more of a problem if the tool were alive and you'd fallen into its trap while it was waiting in its uh, in its pit. And if I didn't have misty step. Yeah, it's actually Which is great for this kind of thing. Yeah, uh, as you're not in a rush, however, it's actually very easy for the other two to just. Right. Yeah. This. Uh, There's a lot of like holding on to you and going. Okay. Okay. You ready? One, two, three. <laughs> I 
I immediately forgot how much damage you've said because uh, I'm an idiot. Uh, 11, I think 11, it was. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Mm. I went, right, that's a number, and then didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, with that trap out of the way, uh, you are easily able to pick up the crate with, as it turns out, 300 silver pieces and 24 bottles of Orcus XO. Nice. 100 each? Yep. Nice. Yes. So, 100 silver each was that. Sorry, I'm having yeah. a moment. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So... Uh, so we carefully, like, take out a couple of bottles and drape the um, uh, <laughs> the tentacles. I take slightly more bottles than is strictly necessary to take to fit the tentacles in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corson doesn't even question that at this point. <laughs> okay. Oh, good whiskey, darling. Uh, with that <laughs> done, you are able. It's in a simple matter to. Uh, which way do you want to leave? Is the next question. Move back the way we came. Something's troubling me, though. What do you mean? Well, there was only one jewel, we know that. Yeah. But there were people sent in. Where's the people? We know, well, we can well, see Well, I mean, there's at least there. two of them, yeah. isn't there? Maybe four from the bones. Five bones over there, but what, where are the Make rest an of? investigation check. Uh, should I do it again? Yeah. But I'm With guessing advantage. you two are helping. All of us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a, thir- a 13. Okay, you can guess where the meat went, but now that you look closely, you can see the barricades are just made of brick and rubble. There's bones in there, and you can just make out a half-shattered skull. Mm, I go, well, I think we might have found some of them, at least. Ignoble end, but I suppose at least that means they're not going to be coming back giving us any trouble. They're not wandering around. Although, at least we know. Uh, though I felt a lot of them. So be on your guard still. Okay, good to We know. don't know it was down here, though. We know it was within a mile. That's true. Yeah, they. I mean, they could be anywhere. I don't know. Come on, if they were walking around on the surface, people would notice that, surely. Well, we don't know they're walking around. They could be stationary in a house somewhere. Mm. It could be someone weird building an army in a warehouse. It could be something in the sewers. It could be the actual army. I don't trust the buggers. Actually, that's a point. There are reanimators in the army, mm. and they would potentially have a well they definitely have a um a garrison here but i mean if they had the big beast thing they look fairly well equipped army wise i mean a reanimator's common like would i know this i don't think i would oh, would i because it's history chef uh probably not uh 12 i mean you've heard of the reanimator uh, reanimators it's a sort of The resurrectionists or reanimators, it's a slang term for military and employed necromancers. Mm. Um, From what you understand, they're mostly like the resurrectionist regiments, like that that are composed of uh, of large bands of skeletons and zombies led by living troops uh, and staffed by the uh, resurrectionist doctors of necromancy. 
uh, tend to stay on the fronts. They don't they don't hang around uh, very populated areas that much because, well, having corpses hanging around tends to give people tends to unsettle people, even mm. if those corpses also, are under iron bound control. Yeah. <clears throat> the scamp is right though. We don't know where they are. They might not be down here. But maybe back the way we came is safe, because then we have... Well, well, frankly, we know where it comes out. It comes out of that, that safe house that we got into. We could always go and ask them, do you know if there's an army of the undead in your sewers? <laughs> I mean, I was... I'm not going to suggest that. I was going to suggest, uh, could we please go back and see the lady and tell her that we did the thing? So that she can start that... gathering information. I mean, it might be worth mentioning yeah. to her while we're there and seeing if she knows anything about it, or if she, you know, if she doesn't, she probably should. Agreed. Yeah. But all the same, for now, keep on keep guard. It's about you, Scamp. Are you okay? Do you need any help with that? I gesture at her wounds. Uh, their wounds. Sorry. Uh, I'm feeling all right, to be honest, but I do feel a bit weirdy, magicy. So. Keep an eye out for weird stuff. Okay, good to know. <coughs> in Business a tunnel in the dark, usual. right? Yeah. Okay, I'll wait for I'll wait for the opportune moment. So uh, you're a bad man. Yeah. Or failing that Terrible, terrible person. Um, so <laughs> so mean. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, wait. Uh, you head. Uh, you head back out through the portcullis. Uh, which is good because you'd have set off the collapsed uh, the, the the collapsing barricade trap if you'd gone in through the mm. south entrance, mm. <laughs> um, or the, leave that for someone else to find, or the other collapsing t- uh, trap if you'd gone through the uh, west entrance. <laughs> I like they're not being trapped. We yeah. don't know this either. We can't warn them. Nope, you don't know but... this. <laughs> I mean, we can warn them there were traps. You can definitely warn them yeah. they were traps. They were traps yeah, in they will, general. Investigate. Yeah, they will, they will send their own people to investigate. Uh, you are probably smarter than us, let's okay. face it. Uh, you make your way back up to the surface uh, and heading out, it is now dusk. Uh, you've been down there. You've actually been down there quite a while with all of mm. the faffing around and different things. Um, plus it's getting, you know, night, dark is coming earlier uh, now that you're heading into, towards winter. Uh, as you make your way out and start to head back towards the statue garden, causing you notice um, a large hooded sort of cloaked figure, probably about six foot, maybe six foot seven, six foot eight, Ooh. in an alleyway, seeming to clock your disappear your, your emergence. And when, as you head on your way, you do notice them start to follow you. Does it have a scythe over its shoulder? <laughs> Is there a white horse anywhere? <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's an ordinary brown cloak uh, and uh, quite he- quite heavy set uh, kind of brown and grey clothes. Someone who's dressed as best they can given their size to avoid attracting attention. Hmm. All right. Um, Not bad. Am I the only one who notices this? Uh, I'm going to say, like, it's... Uh, My passive is 11, so probably not. Uh, yeah, you're, you're the one who notices this, but you can easily alert the others if you wish. Right, okay. I uh, say... Keep walking casual. There is a very tall man behind us in a 
uh, uh, in a brown cloak. Okay. I mean, should we just ask him what he wants? That usually tends to stop people following you. Unless he wants to murder us in an alley, in which case... In which case he can't do it in broad daylight in the middle of the street, can he? I mean, daylight is swiftly disappearing, but... Just just keep walking. I will attempt to um, peel off and double back. Okay. Okay. Okay, so you... Are you planning to sort of track him from behind while he's following Yeah, what I'm attempting to do is use the cover of the, the other two who are bigger than me to peel off in the crowd um, and then come into step behind him. Okay. I'm going to start being very distracting and doing little magic tricks with prestidigitation to, uh, from an outward glance, entertain Scamp. So I'm going to do little puffs of smoke in my hands and I'm going to do little musical notes and stuff happening. Okay, I'm going to give you advantage on your stealth check, uh, Cousin. Uh, that would be a 17. Okay, you peel off uh, as, a, as you're mo- working your way uh, into a street with more of a sort of crowds of people heading home or heading off to the pubs. Uh, and you use the cover of the crowd to pull behind until now you're following the uh, heavy set figure. They don't, seem to, they don't seem to have immediately caught that you've gone and you're just following the two larger. Uh, Can I discern any other details about this guy now that I'm actually viewing them? Oh, okay. So this is a. I'm going to say this is a. Pers- no, this is insight. Insight. Okay. Like, is this a man? Is this a woman? Is this two children posing as an adult? <laughs> is, it three, <laughs> is it three gnomes in a trench coat? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I so hope it is. <laughs> That'd be so good. I would love that. Insights. 15. Okay. Uh, Yeah, this figure, it's tall. There's something about the way they move, something about their gait that makes you think female rather than male. Okay. They've deliberately kept their hood up, uh, but... There's something a little strange about their silhouette. Uh, you're not. They they don't. They don't look human. They're too. They're too broadly built to be uh, to be straight up human. Uh, could be an orc. Could be a dragonborn. They're covering enough of their skin uh that it's uh, that a dragonborn would be able to get away with looking broadly humanish and they're certainly tall enough to be one the dragonborns tend to be quite tall they tend to be yeah ah. um the females in particular mm. um there's uh, there's a slight amount of sexual dimorphism uh which leads to certainly to dragonborn women being taller uh and that seems to follow up because you're pretty sure you can just make out uh, just from the way that their cloak moves at the back, you think they might have a tail as well. Alright. Dragonborn don't generally tend to have tails, though, do they? Some do, some don't. Uh, it seems okay. to it seems to vary by uh, just uh, pretty much essentially randomly. Uh, that I think there's... there's uh, whether they're from, north, uh, from the North Dragon Archipelago or the South. Right, okay. 
Well, I'm going to keep pace with them and see if they follow us. Okay. Uh, okay, so the two of you at the front, do you want to try and lose this figure or just make your way back towards the statue garden? Um, I'm not sure I'd want to go where we were actually going if I knew we were being followed, so I think I'm going to keep walking past the statue garden okay. as though we're heading towards like the marketplace or something okay. um, and just keep being super <coughs> distracting like juggling little dancing lights in front of Scamp's face and like mucking okay. about as though this, I'm uh, doing the a figure little show does, the figure does continue following well up <laughs> the beard, yeah. all of that fun stuff <laughs> okay the figure is following uh, the pair of them and continues to follow them into the marketplace Once, uh, if you guys like stop at a store or anything, the figure also stops. It just, just seems to be tailing you. Hmm. Should we split up and see who this. he follows? That's not a bad shout, actually. Let's just split up around the marketplace and re meet at the other side and see who he follows. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'm going to go over to one side and uh, look at something. Okay. Sweets. I'm going to the sweets. I'll go to the booze if there's a booze stand. Uh, there is. <coughs> the variety of boozes. Um, okay. Make a perception check to see if you can spot where this figure is now that you're splitting. Can I just see? No, oh, you can just see your fault. You've been tracking them the whole uh, time. 15. 8. Okay, Celestia, you lose track sight of them for a moment when you split. Uh, but Scamp and Corson, you can see that the figure is trailing now towards Scamp. Alright. I don't like this. Again, keeping pace with them, uh, and resting nonchalantly on, uh, well, it would look like from, uh, from the outside, just, uh, hands on hips, or, um, like, held behind, uh, behind one's waist. But what I'm actually doing is uh, surreptitiously having one hand on the butt of one of the pistols okay. that I have. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna attempt to cast a minor illusion. Okay. Oh, five, no, five feet. I'm less than five feet tall. Excellent. <laughs> 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 of myself in the space where I am, and then duck out of sight and see, just see if it. Okay, make a happens. stealth check with advantage, please. How crowded is this market? Uh, it's still fairly crowded, but it's starting to starting to peter out as the numbers. Right. It's just the problem if anyone walks through it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone can see it, so it's just it looks like a stationary person. Yeah. Mm. If anyone tries, they'll see it. It's, it's just if anyone bangs into it, if it was crowded, it's yeah. crowded is what I was thinking. I just want to see how it, this person reacts. Okay. Mm. So it's a fourteen. Okay, they as you make your way uh, as you quickly leave your delusory double in place and move away. The, the figure is just watching the illusory double. Just continuing to... Holding back. And just keeping Have I in. seen them do this, Scamp? Uh, make another perception check to see if you can beat Scamp's <laughs> uh, stealth. <laughs> Which is 14, I think. 
That's yeah. a natural one. You um, can't fu- You can't see Corzin. You can't see Scam. You can't see this figure. <laughs> running around the market like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two of you can see Celestia now sort of panically looking around. <laughs> Thinking to... you've both been murdered or it's, something. It's like that situation when you're a kid and you're in, you're in the shopping, you're in the shopping centre. Oh, you lose your mum and you're like, where's mum? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think you're both dead. Like, I'm running around the market <laughs> looking for you. <laughs> Help! Um, I'm going to drop the illusion and see what happens. Because it only lasts a minute, so I'm going to go okay. in a second anyway. As the illusion drops, the figure and about three other people who happen to idly notice out of the corner of their eyes suddenly seem to <laughs> double take. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to roll a d100, please. Oh. <laughs> I've got a new D1. Well, I've got two new D10s. Uh, 47. Ooh. 40? That sounds familiar. It does. I feel like we've had 47. Uh, I feel like I rem- recently listened back to what 47 was, but let me see. Uh, uh, yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really no. subtle. Really <laughs> subtle. Are you, like, really big? Is that what it no, is? No, oh. no. Okay, so... The figure, uh, uh, as yours, uh, as as uh, the people of the marketplace are now staring at what the, uh, at this, this this disappearing uh, figure, but this disappearing dwarf. Scab, you look to the side and you can see, almost unnoticed, seemingly unnoticed by anyone else, in an alleyway nearby, is a tall, sort of noble-looking white horse oh with a horn no. protruding from its Go forehead. Away. Shoo! Shoo! Oh, we have had that before. Shoo! The horse tilts its head and sort of looks at you, then looks directly towards the uh, the, the kind of hooded figure and no. seems to and makes a sort of nudging motion with its horn. What? No! Go! Shoo! Shoo! <laughs> <laughs> it nudges again insistently. And you get this sort of look of concern from its eyes. They're following me. That's never a good thing. And the unicorn wickers again. <laughs> Turns and pops away down into an alleyway and is gone. Meanwhile, uh, you can see that the hooded figure is now just like desperately looking through the marketplace, trying to like trying to capsize his scamp. <laughs> Did any of us see the unicorn? Make a perception check, both of you. No, <laughs> that's a six. <laughs> really not doing no, well. That's a natural one. No. Shitting hell. We're really uh, actually, no, I'm gonna roll the luck. Roll luck. Yes, use your halfling luck. Oh, halfling luck. Yay. All right, that's slightly better perception. Uh, Sixteen. Okay, because you've been keeping an eye on Scamp and you see where actual Scamp is as this happens, mm-hmm. you follow that eye line and just towards the like you're in the catch the tail end of this moment. You just see what appears to be a tall white horse with a horn staring at Scamp. Wickering and then turning and walking away down an alleyway. Corson does a whole. 
To himself, Coulson goes, Well, I have several questions now. I imagine Celestia is still running around the marketplace looking for both of you and hasn't seen any of this (laughs) with how bad those perception checks were. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, so Celestia is still running around looking. Uh, The hooded figure is now kind of pushing his way through figures in the marketplace, just trying to look around and see if he can can find you, Scamp. can I ask you to roll a new stealth check if you want to remain? Uh, yeah. Everyone. No, just mm. just uh, scamp. Eleven. Okay. After a kind of a degree of pushing and shoving around, she seems to clock uh, uh, clock you, scamp. Uh, scamp, I'd like you to roll an insight check. Different dice. Ooh. <laughs> Was it a dirty 20? Was that a dirty 20? I really love this and we have to start calling it that. It's a dirty 20. That's what it is. Dirty. We're a 15 plus podcast. It can be a dirty 20. (laughs) Just under the hood, there's a moment where when the figure locks eyes with you, Scamp, that you see a face with deep red skin and two glowing yellow iris and pupilless blank eyes and then they immediately begin moving towards you in the crowd oh. I'm going to keep pace with them again as yeah. they do this I'm still looking for you both in the fucking marketplace because <laughs> I'm an idiot so I'm just going to run around some more Can I okay, uh, because they are no longer trying to be that stealthy now that they've actually clocked sight with Scamp you see the figure and from there are able to work out where Scamp is I can see them can walking see, towards you see, Scamp you see where they're walking and then follow and realise they're making a beeline for Scamp okay I'm going to go and I'm literally going to stand in front of Scamp I'm going to run because I couldn't decide whether it was freeze up or run and so I rolled a dice so I'm running okay I'm run. uh, just make... panic <clears throat> Uh, make uh, an athletics check. Um, oh, they're going to well, try and do the same. Well. Or an acrobatics check, I guess, if you want to try and weave and use obstacles. Yeah, let's do that. Um, acrobatics. Ooh, another dirty 20. Okay, you, you weave between people's legs. And this figure is now just getting caught up by the crowd. It's pushing, she's pushing people out of her way, but there's too many of them. Uh, she, she's, uh, you know, you're easily gaining on her. Uh, uh, make another acrobatics check, I guess. Oh, less good. Nine. Okay, she punches someone outright <laughs> and then uses the shock this causes to start running after you. I'm going to uh, run after them. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, I'm just going to yeah, try and... Okay, now and my, you... my goal is to get in between the hood figure and Scamp because obviously I haven't seen who they are. Okay, this, this uh, figure make, uh, scamp. make an athletics or acrobatics check because again, there's a degree of. I mean, to <laughs> that's an eight. I've rolled oh, so God. badly for this whole encounter. <gasps> like, I've not rolled anything no, above a ten. <laughs> you're kind of getting caught in the crowd as well, uh, Corzin. Uh, athletics or acrobatics? Uh, to be honest, you're chasing. So... No, 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 acrobatics because you you you're small enough to weave. Parkour. Oh, if it was athletics, that's even less that I got yeah. a six, but it doesn't really matter well, at that athletics point. Athletics is better for me, so maybe mm. it's better that I just sprint. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, 14. Okay, you're 
you keep pace with the figure, but they're closing on Scamp. Scamp, can you uh, give me another athletics or acrobatics? Uh, and uh, by this point, you're at the edge of the marketplace. Uh, you, do you want to head down wide open streets or try to make it for an alleyway? Alleyways. Okay. Make it for an alleyway. Ooh, it's acrobatics still? Or is yeah, it going uh, back to uh, athletics now? Oh. I guess acrobatics, if you want to try it. Yeah, there's like, you know, uh, carts and things you can try and rub, run behind. Uh, if it's acrobatics, it's a twenty-one. Okay, you'll get. You're easily able to you know, shove carts behind you and get in the way. And this figure starts chasing you down the alleyway. Gets caught on the cart, shoves it to the side with enough force to crack this handcart, and chases after you. Uh, once you're down into the alleyway, you hear them uh, call out. <coughs> wait, wait! I only wish to talk. Up to you whether you want to keep running or not. Oh, I don't know. Let's roll another Do dice. Either I either of us hear this? You can both hear this. Yeah, you're, you're keeping pace with her. Uh, make another check, actually, to see whether you can catch up. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell. This is ten. Like, really. I, like, I, Celestia is just being so useless in this encounter. Nineteen. Okay, you are able to get like you know within thirty feet of her. You know, you're uh, causing you're, you're racing up right behind you. I can I still see them? them? You can see them. Still. Okay, cool. I'm just really far back. Yeah. I um casual hand on the uh, uh, the pistol hilt again. Uh, call out to them. You just want to talk? Start yakking, friend. What's your deal? He kind of, she looks back at you and then to, to Scamp, just holding out a hand. Uh, and you can see it's thickly gloved. Um, please, don't run. I just wish to talk. Are we deserted alleyways? Or there are deserted there alleyways, else? yeah. Okay, can I like elbow my way in at this point? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm going to stop running, but I'm going to throw up an illusionary wall of fire between us. She kind of steps back. By the regent. She kind of looks around, and you can now see with her, the, the see now that you're up close, uh, and uh, she's actually shocked enough that her hood drops slightly for a moment. It's just off to one side. Yeah, my beard's hanging off. Like, yeah, on one side and of you can point. see <laughs> there's this. Actually, now that she stops hunching, this seven foot tall tiefling, wow. hulking wow. with red skin. You can see her. She, her one of her horns is exposed, and its branches like like a deer, like an like antlers uh, from uh, from a stag. And she's got thick, mottled skin with hard, scale-like patches, and glowing uh, yellow iris uh, and pupilless eyes. Please, Mordecai, uh, Mordecai spotted you. I. And she looks back at uh, Causal Celestia. I've got my gun out yeah. on it, I'm not going to lie. And she asks you, Scamp, can they be trusted? More than you. You chased me. I just wanted to talk to you. She then talk, pushes don't the ho- follow your creepy and hooded. She pulls the Which hood up. Which is technically what I do, but <laughs> she, sorry. She pulls the hood up and mean. kind of glances towards the edge of the alleyway, but nobody seems to be coming in. Look. It is not safe. It was not safe for me to talk to you openly. But Mordecai noticed there was another of us in town. I was sent to talk to you, to 
invite you back to our home, but I, I couldn't do it in public. I, I was waiting for a moment where this, where you would be alone, where I could talk to you. I, and she looks back at, at Causin and Scamp. Sorry, Causin and Celestia. I'm going to put my gun away. And gestures and says, I did not know if your friends could be trusted. Not even... And she, and she again gestures both of them. Neither of their kinds are accepting of ours. They're all right with you. She looks back. Ah, okay, well, his... And Piers and Ah, oh, no, I wait, I've heard. Well, his kind certainly is not accepting of ours. I, I am not your typical halfling. Yeah, no farmer here. Yeah, that's Sc- still racist. <laughs> Scamp. What? Do okay. you know this person? No, I've, I've met one tiefling other than me. Well, it might be okay, good to don't, talk to her. Don't throw the word, the name, the word around in public. People might come looking for us. Uh, yes, I am one of you. My name is Chase, Chase Gramani. Oh, what's his name? Said you? Yeah, I, I've heard of you. Then sorry. Then you know that we are a friend. To all others of our kind. We ha- we are people. We have to stick together. I came only to invite you back to our home so we could meet you. Scamp? Yeah? Have you ever met any other ones other than Casimir? No. Then darling- I didn't know what I was till about six months ago. <laughs> I think maybe we should go and talk to her. We can come with you. There is a problem with not saying the name of a species because you just think you're a monster for your whole life, you know. I know, and we can say it in private. But if we say it out here, people might hear and then the mobs come. God, people are fucking stupid, aren't they? People tend to be mistrustful of things they don't understand. There are parts of the world out there where you or I would be met with just the same hostility as Scamp here. Hmm. Suppose that follows. Well, I don't suppose, for example, if uh, Scamp or I took a brief sojourn down in the Underdark would be um, particularly safe, now would we? Scamp would be fine. I give him a look. Point taken. Please. Um, This is not the place for such conversations. Allow me to take you and your friends. She seems a little reluctant about this. If you... If you... If they can truly be trusted, I will take... Allow me to take you back to our home. And there'll be more... More of us. Yes. That's... This is all a bit much. <laughs> I I am sorry. Normally, normally when our kind uh, visits, they know to come to see us. But and we thought that was the case. You went into the brass lantern. I don't read well. 
Mordecai noticed you. He was waiting. He, he assumed that uh, you couldn't speak because you were with, and she gestures to Cousin and Scamp. So, so they sent me to speak to you privately. Hang on, you knew, didn't you? You got funny about the name when I told you what it was. I say to Scamp. Yeah. Um, That's why you were being so weird. Why didn't you say anything? Because I. I don't know anything about what I am. I've been told, as long as I remember that I'm a monster. How do I know that the rest of them aren't? Or that I, I won't be, or that I'm not? You're we not. are not angels, but we look after our own. Scamp, serious talk now. I've not met that many tieflings, but in my experience... They are as complicated and varied as any other type of folk. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. I've met quite a few. Seem fairly normal. You're not a monster, darling. You killed a lot of people. That doesn't make you a monster. Doesn't it? If you weren't having any reaction, perhaps you would be. But, um, you are. And I think maybe we should talk to this lady because neither of us know a lot about what what you may be, but she might. And we'll come with you. You don't have to go on your own. Might be good to meet some people and realise that maybe you're not a monster. I don't think I can meet lots at once. I'll just... I don't mean to, but I will just run again. Sorry. Please. We... You do not have to stay, but... It is... Let us... Let... Let me at least introduce you to my family. We... It is important to know that you... There is a safe place for us here. Okay, I, I'll try, but I can't promise I won't run again. Okay, I'm I'll gonna, be with you, Scamp. I'm gonna take. I'm not very fast, though. Yeah, I'm gonna take one of Scamp's hands while we're on the way to the place and just like hold the little hand like they're a smaller child than they are. Okay, follow me. I will take you to the Gramani house. And she begins to lead you. As we're walking there, I say to her, you, you don't have to worry about us. We've been travelling with Scamp for a while now. She seems a little distrustful of the pair of you, but from what you've said and what Scamp has said, seems to be willing to take the risk of trusting you. Uh, Corzin adds, if it weren't for a Scamp here, I don't suppose either of the, the other two of us would be. Yeah, actually, that that's true. Okay. Chase uh, leads the three of you through a somewhat winding path between different alleyways towards a denser, more industrial part of the city and towards the Gramani compound, the secret safe home of the tieflings within Crosswater. But that is where we will pick up next time. 
Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, thank you all very much for playing. (laughs) And farewell from all of us here at Finlocks and Fireballs, Fair Seas and Natural Twenties. In a city with a lurking beast, there's too much for your eyes to feast. When fighting hatchlings in the den, you might find unexpected kin. So gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcimere. No kraken, storm, or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear.